Hey, there we are. Hey, we starting. Yay, we did it. <laughs> no delays this time. It, Everything's on time. Everything's running smooth. Can I just no say, it feels super weird to be in my house doing talking heads at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never thought that would feel weird, but here we are. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 299, which means mm-hmm. next week might be another weird show where we're out and about, maybe at a different yeah. time. But episode 299, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. And I'm Steve. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read in the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking mm-hmm. along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is also down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. Yep, it's a da- daily, go there daily. You go there daily. I think all the hosts go there daily, pretty much. We yeah. Hang out and chat. Yeah. Yeah. It's always always a good time over there. And there's there's the occasional uh, gearling guy and doc, Dr. Tech Tech Potato sightings. Yep. I think Tom yep. Lawrence is over there. Yep. Uh, we, we got a lot of really cool people who were over in that Discord server. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's over 800 members strong, uh, and the conversations are fantastic. I, I They're fairly well behaved. Everybody's really well behaved over there. I, I, I love the I love my community, <laughs> and I'm not just saying that. You, you guys literally mean the world to me, so thank you. Uh, anyway, it's going to be a good show. We've got mm-hmm. uh, some GTA 6 leaks to talk about, uh, not related to the game, but related to how they were leaked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple is suddenly a right-to-repair advocate, which should raise everyone's eyebrows as high <laughs> as possible. Uh, the FCC yep. says piss off to ISPs, saying, uh, yes, you do in fact have to itemize all your taxes and fees. And we've got a couple beer notes to get to as well. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and start the show the best way we know how, and that is by cracking open a beer. Steve, yes. I will let you do the honors, sir. Okay. Um, all right. This week, uh, I kind of briefly mentioned it before the show started. Uh, most people here on the channel know Fort George, right? Fort George is a pretty famous uh, brewery here in Oregon. Closest brewery uh, to the Goonies house. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Goonie Town. Uh, and they're, they're pretty famous for their three-way IPA, their Matryoshka, their the Kavadaka Stout, which you really like, is also mm-hmm. Fort George. Um, so uh, the head brewer, the, well, I should say the former head brewer at uh, Fort George, decided to open up his own place. And it's right there in Astoria. It's called Obelisk Brewing. And I just happened to be there this weekend, this last weekend. And uh, I picked up two cans of this. Uh, I got their hazy ipa which is called sculpture garden oh no, that's the west coast ipa it's the sculpture garden and their hazy is called auto magically so it's uh we'll we'll see how they are uh, i mean i'm expecting big things this is uh you know from a former brewer who made beers that i absolutely love yeah so i'm excited to see what these taste like 
Yeah, uh, Fort George is one of those breweries that uh, I've never had anything I even didn't remotely like from them. Right. Uh, like everything, if you're rating it on untapped, starts at a three and a half and goes up from there. Like they're yeah. that kind yeah. of brewery. Um, yeah. And and you mentioned a lot of our favorites. There's the annual three-way IPA. There's Matryoshka. Mm. There's... Uh, 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 Magnemonious. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a fantastic yep. wintertime Green, IPA. Greenfields is also awesome. Greenfields Green is, is awesome. Yep. The classic Vortex IPA. Mm-hmm. Like they have yep. some really heavy hitters over there. They are all fantastic. Uh, so I'm really curious to see what uh, mm-hmm. what you think of these new ones. Uh, yeah, from their former brewer. I'm probably going to start with the West Coast IPA because I think that's probably going to be a good example. I think that's a smart way to go. Yeah, let's do, start that one. Uh, so, uh, I have two beers in front of me. One of which uh, is going to feel a little weird because uh, I'm just going to drink it straight from the can because I because I feel like it. Uh, from Ten Barrel Brewing, again a craft brewer. They're officially a craft brewer. Uh, they're again. back. They're back to being craft. That's, That's right. right. They're no longer owned by InBev. Right. Uh, from Ten Barrel Brewing, it is the classic pub beer lager, four and a half percent. Five percent, five percent even. Five percent. Um, but uh, I went. You know what? I feel like uh, I feel like a lager tonight to start things off. That's while I'm waiting for uh, a very special beer to come up to temperature a little bit. Uh, so there's a particular beer that while I was spending a week in Nova Scotia, I think I saw five or six bottles of it opened it of it over on the Discord, and I went, well, hell, I have one of those at home, so I'm going to open that as soon as I get home. Uh, and so I will be opening that probably in about 40, 45 minutes or so. So stay tuned to find out what that one is. Uh, but 10 barrel brewing pub beer. Yes. I have, I have a fridge full of that stuff. Cause that is basically my go-to lager. Yep. Um, it's, it's, it's delicious. Do you know what I paid? <laughs> really good. Do you know what I paid for this last time? I bought? Oh yes. I get, I also get it cause it's cheap too. Um, no, no, I, I got it at an insane price. So oh, you did. So they sell this as 18 packs. I spent $12 mm-hmm. on my last 18 pack of it. I got it for 66 cents a can. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's about what I got mine for too. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's, it's, it's good. Just standard beer. Uh, it's it's better than I would say like because a lot of people like Pabst Blue Ribbon and stuff like that mm-hmm. or something more local. I don't know. I don't know if other people have uh, the Montucky Cold Snack. That's another one. Yeah. That the, well, up the, here you've get you've got your Rainier. You've got Rainier. Uh, yeah, Rhett loves his Rainier. Yep. Yeah, but I I find that pub beer is just really good. Mm-hmm. A nice easy easy drinking beer, especially on a hot day. It's not bad at all. Yeah, it's kind of a German inspired lager. Um, mm-hmm. you, you got a little bit of that. Uh, the the estery flavor just a just mm-hmm. that hint just of a little bit, just a hint of it yep um but uh no this is one of my go-to lawnmower beers this is one of my usually a beer that i've gotten my fridge at any point in time so we do have a oh. couple shout outs mm. to give uh so friar duck is uh drinking a woodford and screwball oh nice uh adamar says hello everyone from brazil hello wow from brazil yeah uh, Michael says, Dr. Pepper, three and a quarter years sober. Excellent. Congratulations on that, Congrats. sir. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Illness, drinking a Cooper's Hawk Sweet Red. Uh, let's see. Jason says, it's my turn to be in an alternate location in Troutdale for a couple of nights. Oh, wow. Troutdale's wow. fun. Yeah. yeah where all, uh, where all FedEx packages go to die. Yeah. Well, it's also also home of uh, Edgefield. Nick Miniman's Edgefield. This is one of my favorite places That's right. to go. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, Sean, drinking a Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA this evening. I've That's had the good. Torpedo. I don't know if I've had the Extra. Mm. Well, it's like some cocaine in it. Is that the extra part? Right, right. Uh, let's see. Tech guy, just drinking water tonight. Currently updating SSL certs on a bunch of, uh, of SIS for local schools. Uh, I support, so no alcohol. That's totally okay. Water's uh, a good alternative in that situation. Mm -hmm. That's what I typically drink on the off on the off hours. Yeah. Uh, Grace uh, Novella is drinking a Grayscale 11 Years Triple IPA 4.04 on Untapped from mm. Westerly, Rhode Island. Wow, that's gonna be a hard one for us to get a hold of. Yeah. I've never heard of those guys. Oh, it says thanks, John Jay. John Jay sent it to him, probably. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Skull's got a single speed brewing control alt beer. I like that. <laughs> that sounds a good one, too. Control alt beer. Yes. Uh, and I think I saw one more. Ben is drinking a spotted cow from New Glarus. A little, uh, little Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, Let's go ahead and dive into the news. Uh, and I'm hoping to leave some time at the end of today's uh, episode for a little bit of Q&A. Uh, mm -hmm. if, if you're not aware, I spent the last week, I got back Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Uh, from spending uh, seven days in uh, Nova Scotia, Canada, uh, home of 45 Drives. Uh, talking to them about a number of different things, including their home lab server that they will be launching here probably within the next two to three weeks. Uh, we should be starting to see uh, things hitting storefronts and, and whatnot. Um, and uh, talking to them about a number of different things. I don't want to spoil everyone else's talk, but uh, I gave them an idea for a product that I think might mm -hmm. actually become a product rather quickly. And I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, but we'll have time for that at the end of the show for right now. Uh, apparently last week while I was gone, uh, there was a GTA six, uh, some footage Leak. game assets and whatnot were leaked. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, Oh, that's interesting. And you know, sometimes we'll cover stuff like this, but I don't like giving a lot of, of attention to, to leaked footage, uh, for games simply because I don't agree with it. It's it's something that shouldn't happen, especially if they were illegally obtained. Uh, if it's something where a company screwed up, yeah, let's look at some of the screen art. Let's look at this, let's look at that. But this one was legitimately stolen by a, uh, by a mm. bad actor. Uh, but we are gonna look at this one because of the way the data was obtained. I think it's newsworthy all the same. Uh, yeah. So, uh, there was, there's a gentleman by the name of, uh, Arian, uh, Kurtage, uh, Kurtage, Uh, you probably pronounced it as well as I could. Though, yeah. To be honest. Uh, sounds right to me. Member of the hacking group Lapsus. Um, he was arrested a couple of months ago and, uh, mm. for hacking and leaking other sensitive data from other companies. Uh, the 17 year old was convicted or, uh, uh, sorry, him and a, a fellow hacker were, uh, were put on trial and, uh, his counterpart was convicted, but Kurtage is still out on bail. Uh, so he's out on bail in the UK and 
he is, as terms of his bail, are not allowed to access the internet in any way, shape, or form. And in fact, he's still under some some uh, form of surveillance uh, and uh, and imprisonment even while he's out on bail because they consider him a flight risk and a couple other things. Like, okay, we'll just right. put you up in a hotel for a couple of weeks. You can you can you know live within the hotel, but no internet for you, no devices for you. You can right. watch TV right. and that other than that, that's it. Um, well, apparently, Kurtaj got a hold of a an Amazon Fire TV stick and a keyboard, and with those devices, managed to hack into <laughs> Take Two servers and downloaded a a plethora of information and game assets from GTA Six and leak mm-hmm. it all from his hotel room while under surveillance. Yeah, that's. Pretty insane. Um, and I know that there's a big Fire Stick hacking community out there. I've seen <laughs> messages like that before, but ah, that's that's without without a laptop or something. And I think he had a phone as well. Yeah, yeah, he did obtain yeah. a phone. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, he he obtained a Fire TV stick. Uh, and I believe with the Fire TV stick may have gotten online and purchased a phone and a keyboard and then with nothing but those devices managed to breach into Rockstar Games uh, even if announcing himself as an attacker in the company's official Slack channel yep, yep. Um, and uh, yeah I don't know how he did it. That's that's. I know that there's. I know that there's. They're pretty easily hacked. I've seen people guides online how to you know get free channels and stuff like that on a Fire Stick all the time. I I don't know if they've locked it down recently because I haven't seen too much talk about it. But apparently they're pretty vulnerable. I'm guessing. Um, I don't know. It seems seemed pretty interesting to me, and I can't even figure out. I mean, it's got internet connection. It's got a small processor in it. Uh, so it's got some kind of connection. Yeah. So he probably, uh, he probably rooted it with his phone somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing. And then from there uploaded some kind of software from his phone onto yep. it. And I, I, I guess the rest is that I'm, I don't know. They're not going to give us too many details, of course, but right. Uh, <laughs> right. I still find it pretty funny that they could do that. It's still insanely impressive. Uh, yes. that, that this happened. Um, so, uh, Lapsus as a hacking group has also allegedly hacked Samsung, T-Mobile, and Microsoft in separate accounts, Mm -hmm. and their, uh, motives for the attack appear to be a mix of financial gain through blackmail or sheer Mm -hmm. amusement, which is like, you know, a la 1980s and 70s hacking. Um, of, uh, yeah, it's just kind of... Just do it just to see if you could type of stuff. Right, exactly. War games type stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, super interesting story. Uh, obviously, Rockstar's probably not happy about it. Obviously, no. yes, this was done illegally. Obviously, yes, this was probably more more than just for the lulls hacking and whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. Lapsus has a very shady past of uh, uh, blackmail uh, in yep. the cybersecurity community. Um, not, not terrific. Uh, but... You still got to like go, okay, damn, that's impressive. And yeah, 
getting a hold of a Fire TV stick and and uh, managing to use that to crack into Rockstar. Yeah. All right. That's, that's pretty. That's that's some. <laughs> okay. That's some like okay. that's some like uh, you know making a shiv out of a out of a you know popsicle stick type hacking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did you do with arts and crafts today? Oh, he made a shiv out of soap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I did did the did the assets that got leaked? Did they? I didn't really because I heard more about the story of the hacker getting arrested and how he did it than the actual assets that were leaked. Right, and uh, there there have been some uh some leaks about the uh the map size, uh, some of the technology used uh, within it. Uh, there's been a lot mm -hmm. of talk about uh, dynamic weather. Uh, mm -hmm. And the sheer scale of of a lot of the uh, the things. So, um, but uh, I I didn't really look into a whole lot of it again because I I don't really like. Uh, someone made a comment and I already replied to them. Uh, Good, Rockstar had this coming. They make games for God's sake. No, why why no do one, they need to have it coming? They're not <laughs> killing anyone. They're you know they're not you know yes they're a corporation but. Good lord no one deserves to have their their ip hacked like that's not cool that's not um you know i say the same thing about microsoft say what you will about about microsoft and windows and their policies or apple or facebook right. or, there's there's still companies and these companies employ people and you know oh they had this coming what a yeah what an effed up thing to say <laughs> well, I mean, infosec infosec is is become big business, right? Mm -hmm. To to make sure your information is secure, uh, and uh, a lot of companies are employing huge infosec companies to make sure their stuff doesn't get hacked. Yeah, and uh, it's it's not only and that's that's when stuff like this happens. That's when they get more bolsterous, and not only do the you know does the company suffer, but the people who work there suffer because they have to now start going through draconian security measures just mm -hmm. to do their work. Yeah. Yeah. No one deserves to get hacked. Like, yeah. like, come on. This is a company that makes video games. You might not like their policies. Uh, and if you don't like their policies, then stop buying their crap. <laughs> but <laughs> come on. No. And and some people thought that maybe they were doing this or, or for, for publicity. I don't think Rockstar needs any publicity at all everybody knows it's coming out everybody's looking forward to it rockstar does not really need to advertise i mean people are going to buy their game no matter what so yeah i think you're right it was it was like surface map images and stuff like that that got leaked nothing nothing too terribly crazy right like i said like i said there's some mentions of uh, dynamic weather systems there's some character mm -hmm. models and things like that um obviously no gameplay no videos like no um, no it always drives me nuts too um gosh what was the there was another video game leak that i was reading about oh the uh Someone did a retrospective of the Half-Life 2 beta. Yeah, recently. I was just going to say the Half-Life 2 leak. Yeah. I remember that. Um, like, it was released in compilable. Like, you right. can actually play the game right. a little bit. I mean, it wasn't 
kind you of play a level yeah kind, kind of. of you can kind of play it. because game development is not like okay we're 95 percent of the way there which means it's 95 percent put together no mm. your assets are 95 percent built your story is 95 percent built that doesn't mean you can compile a version of the game and play 95 percent of it that's not how right. game development that's not how it works. works they don't they don't start at the beginning and go all the way to the end right it doesn't work like that right and they say uh, build come pieces little by little over and over and over so one of the one of the comments made during this retrospective uh i I had five and a half hours to kill on a plane. I watched a lot of YouTube um, yeah. and this one popped up and I'm like, Oh, I remember that. And, and mm -hmm. so I watched it. But uh, anyway, uh, he goes, one of the things that we learned from the leak is that valve had been uh, basically blowing smoke up, up, up all of our butts about how close the game was to being finished a year prior to the launch date. And uh, so they would compile versions of this game and it would include character insertions with little to no animation and uh, mm -hmm. and just basic textures on a map and like cur like uh, right. like checkerboard placeholders and everything else. Like this oh, game yeah. isn't anywhere near complete. It's like, yes, it is actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Those are considered finishing touches. I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. Applying uh, your you, texture map is like one of the last things you do in compiling a game. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times people just put like, like, the, like the, their infamous valve checkerboard mm -hmm. insert texture here type of texture. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even, even when people like, uh, like people who build maps for games and stuff like that, that's the last thing they typically do. They have an idea. They usually sketch it out and they have some concept art, but uh, they're going to, they're going to do a rough build of the map first and then play test that to make sure that works. And then they'll apply the details on it. Cause you're not gonna spend so much time on the details and the high end stuff just to have to like rip it all out because wow, this isn't working guys, let's toss it. You know, right. you're gonna do a rough build of it first. And then once you say, okay, this is a lock, then they're gonna go in and put in the details. That makes a lot more, the same, same, same thing with movies. It's right. Like, when they do the special effects, there's always this weird, grayscale special effects monster in place of what the final thing is going to be just to see if the scene plays out. Once that looks good, then they get the high res rendered, nice looking. It, uh, it's like the, monster. uh, it's like the Wolverine leak. Uh, remember when mm -hmm, that happened mm -hmm. and it's missing entire yep. swaths of special effects. Yep. And, and in some yep. cases it was literally Hugh Jackman, just like yelling on a black stage kind of thing. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and people go, Oh, the movie's nowhere near complete. No, it's just this particular composite of it didn't include that scene. Like it's yep. that's on someone else's desk ready to be inserted. Um, yep. Yeah. So Never take from game or media leaks as far as completion or what the mm -hmm. end product might be or things like that. Because unless you have the entire flowchart up in front of you, like you also pulled that off a developer's yeah. desk of like things left yeah. to be done, you're probably wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most most projects will have a timeline. 95% means they've gone through most of that timeline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of my mods uh, apparently ha has now been a member of the channel for 60 months uh wow. that's right no one gets a free ride around here uh <laughs> so thank you skull uh and he goes can i at least get a desk crystal uh for for my anniversary reward mm -hmm. um i think i need to figure out a way to get 
to get Skull a uh, uh, a desk crystal, like Picard's desk crystal or, or something like <laughs> that. Like find a replica of that or find someone who will sell me a crystal that I can engrave on my laser engraver with like craft computing mm-hmm. and, you know, five year mod or something like like. Isn't we need to the... do something? Wasn't it just a rock salt thing? The Picard desk crystal? Um, no, 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 it wasn't that. No, no, he had the he had the sorry. It looked like a crystal crystal. Yeah. It kind of looked like the Superman crystal that from you know the old '80s Superman when he used that to make his fortress of solitude. Yeah. Yep. No, I I need to find something. There needs to be some kind of award I can give to to mods who've been with me, you know, five six years in some cases. So yeah, something that can't be drank. Right. That'll just go away. <laughs> that'll be gone fast. Mm-hmm. Still, it'll last forever. You can't drink it. You can't eat it. it looks nice, <laughs> but uh, it, it'll always be there. Yeah. <laughs> Novella Hub saying, "I need to catch up. Only thirty six months." <laughs> yeah. Slab. Yeah. You were you're two years you're, late you're gonna, to the party. You're going to find a nice crystal to put on Skull's desk, and it's going to end up at some Goodwill nearby. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, ah, thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, like every episode of Talking Heads, this one also has a sponsor. Today's episode mm-hmm. is brought to you by Linode. Uh, hosting your own servers also means you get to host all your own problems. And even the most skilled network engineer will tell you you should decentralize your network. So why not host your services with Linode? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes software for most of my tutorials on the channel, like how to run your own ad blocking recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. They offer shared CPU plans for as little as $5 per month and can scale as high as your needs go, whether it be virtualized hosting, dedicated enterprise GPUs, or NVMe block storage. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode is also expanding at light speed, with 12 new global data centers planned before the end of this year. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. Again, that's linode.com slash craftcomputing and a huge thanks to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Dankeschön, Linode. Dankeschön. Dankeschön. Dankeschön? Dankeschön. Yes. Dankeschön. Oh, yes. You 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 took several years of German, right? Ich kann ein bisschen Deutsch sprechen. Ah. I've only drank several years of German. <laughs> right. Well, we're about even then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I am definitely not fluent in, in uh, speaking it. I can understand enough of like common, like if right. you ask me a question on the street, very slowly, word by word. I, I might be it. able to form an answer yeah. back depending on what it is you're asking. Um, and I mean like common things like, you know, uh, you know, how much does this cost? Where is the bathroom? Like, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I can do those. Um, how big is your Wiener schnitzel? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I can, I can read a little bit better than I can speak and understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still not great. Like I, I would not call myself fluent in any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Well, I don't know much either. I know how to I know how to say their beers. 
and yeah. some of their foods and some <laughs> of their cuss words and that's about it yep <laughs> yeah oh i can swear like a german sailor oh yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> that's like the first thing everybody learns in the language is the swear words that's right. <laughs> otherwise what's the point i know come on that's the first i'm gonna go visit some country the first thing i want to do is swear right uh Oh, when you realize that uh, Scheissekopf is uh, is included in in the original Wolfenstein cut, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but you know they're like, yeah, you know, the Americans aren't going to understand what gonna we're know. saying. They're, gonna, they're not going to know. <laughs> so, I yeah, mean, come on, Scheisse is like it's pretty close to the U.S. the English version. Scheisse, yes, is, but yeah. they they said Scheissekopf, uh, which Ooh. is. Head, uh, oh, and so yeah. when you when you put it together, it's one word yeah. in one string. Oh, and, oh uh, I see, I see. And yeah. so the original, you know, German soldiers mm. were saying Scheißekopf. Uh, yes, and uh, yes, <laughs> and that made the original English version with a PG twelve rating. Oh yeah, I <laughs> saw so all the kids know how to <laughs> say it in, in uh, German now. Yep, I remember. I remember starting to to learn german and then going back and playing wolfenstein and i went oh how did that get in there oh yeah (laughs) the censors did not know how to speak german obviously yeah uh why did i learn it um because my high school offered french spanish or german and Mm. german seemed like more fun yeah um yeah ours offered spanish and russian and i took russian kind of makes more sense for me anyway uh can linode run scum servers uh that's a great question um i i don't know if the scum server is natively linux um so linode what they do is they host linux vms um and so you can buy a virtual instance and you can run uh linux based applications uh technically you should be able to do uh even like proton support for for mm-hmm. running applications so in theory even if you had a windows based game server that you wanted to host and it was a windows only executable you might be able to get there but i think if you're looking at hosting a Windows-based executable, there's probably better services to look at. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, tell you what, I'm I'm like one swallow left on this. Let's open. Oh, yeah. I'll open my next beer, and then we'll get okay. into. Okay. Uh... And, and while you're opening it, I'll give my my critique on my first mm-hmm. obelisk beer. Um. I'm gonna say this right away. It's it's a good IPA. Uh, it, it this it's not blowing me away. This is very reminiscent of Fort George's Vortex IPA, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense. I mean, right. that's the guy probably invented it, so he's like gonna stick with what he knows. Um, it's a little more hoppy than I would say Vortex, and a little more malty. Um, but I would say if I were to rate it on Untapped. Uh, I would probably give it a three seven five around there. Not quite to the four O level yet. Um, Look at that wax so, cut. 
Oh, nice. I got the whole thing in one shot. Like, that is one of my best wow. wax cuts of all time. That's the thing about wax tops. It's always just a clutch to get those things open sometimes. But that's, look at that. Perfect. That is gorgeous. <laughs> now, you got a nice wax bottle cap. Too. Oh, that is perfect. Uh, anyway, so I was up in Nova Scotia for the last week. And uh, I saw probably five or six of these being opened in the Discord server Uh from from various things uh hey jeff mitch from 45 drives here glad to see you made it home safe and sound haha you are up late it is 10 30 over there man oh yeah but uh mitch fantastic to meet you i did make it home safe and sound although it took me an extra day <laughs> to get here uh but no i uh I, I did make it home uh mitch as some of you might remember was on the show last week uh he's right. uh one of the dynamic duo of mitch and brett over on 45 drives uh youtube channel so make sure to go give them a subscription uh they they do actually make some genuinely good content around uh, a lot of open source projects uh Seth in particular uh mitch was one of the uh the people who put together the uh running a Seth cluster on steam decks <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, which was a particularly enjoyable wow. enjoyable video. That's a that's an interesting <laughs> interesting project. Yes. So yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. And uh, and again, Mitch, thank you for having me. That was mm-hmm. that was so much fun. Oh well, I see why he's up. Do you see what he says? What do you say? On vacation, Starfield starting TM midnight. So that's why he's. <laughs> which yes. is yeah, the thirty that it it comes. Well, I don't know if it drops tomorrow or Friday. Uh drops I think on it's supposed to be Friday. It's it's GMT date is is September first, yeah. uh, but I believe it drops at like five p.m. for us tomorrow or something like that on oh, okay. early access. Uh, the okay. official global release date is September sixth, uh, mm-hmm. but if you bought the digital edition or the oh, right. the you plus edition, you get five day yeah. early access. Yeah. Um, I. What's the- What's the download size on that thing? It's got to be gigantic. Yeah, t- yeah. Tomorrow, nine p.m. for him and five p.m. for us. That yes. Yeah, so okay, that yes. So that corroborates that's what that's I was why. thinking. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. I have mine already preloaded on on my PC. Uh, okay. So I'm hoping to to jump in there and now some. Hundred forty gigs. Hundred forty gigs. Anyway. Uh. So. Hundred forty gigs. So yeah. While I was while I was over at forty five drives. Uh. Like four or five, maybe six people in my Discord server opened variants of this bottle. And and I was over there going, well, I have one of those. I'm going to drink it when I get home. So from Fremont Brewing, it is the B-Bomb, but the 2021 edition. So this mm-hmm. one spent an additional two years on my shelf. Uh, Seattle, Washington, 13.5% ABV. Uh, so this is a an Imperial Winter Ale aged in bourbon barrels. Yes. And usually it's got some touch of coconut in there. Oh, yeah. It's right there on the nose on this one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, B-Bomb, B-Bomb is excellent. I will, yeah. anytime I see that at a tap house, uh, I will I will take a little snoot snout of that because it's usually absolutely delicious. Uh, but bottles of it, I think they're, they're running now like around 20 bucks a bottle, aren't they? It's about what I spent, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I bought this maybe a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, found one at a at a tap house around me, and so. But best way to have it, uh, get yourself a craft computing pint glass. That's right, a whole pint of a what is it? Twelve percent beer? Thirteen uh, five. Thirteen five. Okay, I was close. 
So there you go. That's going to get you there. Yes. Yeah, craftcomputing.store for those interested. We've got bottle openers. We've got we've got pint glasses. We've got coasters. We've got flasks. We've got all things of uh, all things to help you drink like a pro. How's that? Uh, let's see. Slow Hardware sends over two two Kiwi bucks. Thank you very much, Jeff. Have you ever played Darkest of Days? I have not. Yeah, I don't. I don't even have that. That's the. Um, uh, I'm not even sure I know what that one is. That's the time traveling uh, first person shooter. I remember playing it a long time ago. I think you go to like back to to Civil War and stuff, uh, if I remember right. It was. I thought it was kind of a unique uh, take on first person shooter because you go back in time and you still have modern weapons. Okay, interesting. Yeah, you you you. Uh, yeah, you go back in time and you have like modern weapons, and so you can just um, like. Let me let me put <laughs> it this. It was very. The... I remember it being very linear. It had a great concept, but the gameplay was just kind of. Yeah. yeah. Let, let me. I love when this happens, where someone will say, "Hey, did you ever play this game that was only on a console like two, maybe three generations ago?" And you know, I don't even—I've never even heard yeah. of that game. And I type it in, and the first result is "Get Darkest of Days" on on Steam, and mm-hmm. and it was like a really late release, like came out as like a classic thing. The second is to download it on myabandonware.com. <laughs> Is it abandonware? Who made it? I don't remember who made it even. It's uh it is developer was Eight Monkey Labs, publisher was Akella, oh. Phantom EFX, TGC. Uh so yes, it is likely officially abandonware. Yeah, I don't Eight Monkey Labs. Was that their only thing that they put out? It must have been. Yeah. Um I honestly don't know. It looks like they're part of Moby Games now, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But uh, yeah, no, that, nothing makes you feel older than going, yeah, no, I, I completely missed that one. Oh, and it's already abandoned where? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it belongs in a museum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I remember playing. I, I beat that game. I went all the way through it. I, if I remember it, it wasn't very long either. It was mm-hmm. kind of a short game. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting concept, but poorly executed, I thought. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and sometimes those games hit, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes and, they don't. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's just the way it goes. Uh, Green sends over five bucks. Thank you very much, Green. Looking to load the five Tesla P4s into a gaming server tonight. Wish me luck. Knock on wood. No explosions. Well, they're only seventy watts each. So what's the worst that you can do? Yeah, that's a small shock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, B-Bomb. The coconut holds through. Uh, yeah. You know, even for, for an aged beer, uh, we talk all the time, coconut's one of the hardest flavors to maintain through mm-hmm. the brewing process. Uh, yeah. And uh, this one, it holds up pretty well. Um there's a lot of coconut on the nose. It's not quite as present in in the flavor. Um, and uh, being a, a dark winter ale, mm. it's this is not a stout. Like don't don't get those confused. You're not gonna get the roasty chocolate and coffee and no. you know, super dark, dense flavors. Um, 
this is more like a little bit of of allspice and 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 cinnamon and nutmeg mm-hmm. and and some some warmer like seasonal you know winter flavors um yeah. it's still got you know some of the the richer some of the richer sweetness to it it's uh, a little bit of caramel a little bit of butterscotch to it um yeah. but uh but quite a bit brighter than a than an imperial stout would be but still 13 percent. yeah no it's it's good stuff mm-hmm. uh i remember having several b-bombs because i think john's got a whole shelf of b-bombs in his yeah. <laughs> in his beer fridge um so he's he's aging quite a few of them um and they're they're all good and i kind of wonder and i don't know because like you said yes the coconut doesn't really stand very well through the brewing process they probably as add it at the end it's probably something they flavor it with maybe like steep it for like a couple of days before they bottle it maybe right but i can't see it really lasting that well through the aging process because these are these are barrel aged right yes yeah, they, yeah yeah these are also aged in bourbon um yeah. so, so you don't want bits of coconut floating around while you're barrel aging it so they must add it either before or after and i can't see them doing it before because then that was just going to diminish it they probably do it after yeah yeah no uh you know almost like like back sweetening like uh you yeah know, yeah g- giving it a final rinse in coconut before you yeah you there you go let's get a little get a little put a touch of coconut in there yeah i don't think that's a bad way to do it no no i mean i do that with with uh my ciders mm-hmm. when i want to get it a little bit sweeter because like i personally like drier ciders so yeah i don't mind it being very dry but a lot of people like them a little sweet so before i keg it i'll just put some apple concentrate in there or something like that and give it some give it some extra sweetness yeah all right uh so apple uh now i've i've got two different news articles posted and you right. need to pay attention to both of these um and and i've i've lobbied very similar things at apple over the last year as it relates to their uh apple repair program for for non-Apple trusted partners and, and things like that about how Apple is trying to do the absolute bare minimum while also maintaining control of the repair process top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what did I say when uh, when Apple went like, well, we're going to start allowing, you know, some people, you know, under an approved license to, to rent our official repair tools and uh and still do core charges for for parts that go out so no one's going to hold any back stock but you know if you need to replace a motherboard on a two-year-old product we we don't have any problem with that um that's not right to repair uh Mm -hmm. and uh what did i say would happen it would be prohibitively expensive it's still a single vendor tie-in to whatever your repair process is apple still holds the keys to the kingdom they're just trying to show congress that you know of course we're all for consumer rights we're playing ball right ball guys um so it was all a ruse to not get legislation passed where they had to continue maintaining products where they had to sell parts to anyone and everyone who could possibly want a part or need to replace Mm -hmm. a part uh it's all a a game that they're trying to play to maintain control so color me skeptical when apple takes a major u-turn on existing policy and backs a california right to repair bill in a major policy shift um 
Apple is backing a right to repair bill in California, a major shift from company's mm. policies. The iPhone maker has historically opposed right to repair efforts. Apple customers would have access to parts and tools for three years after the date of manufacture for most of Apple's product lineup. Uh, pay attention to that that three years thing, because that's from the initial launch date of the product, which means they're still only supporting the product for three years. Three years, that's it. I don't know about you. <laughs> I expect more than three years out of my laptops. I expect oh, yeah, more than but... three years out of my desktops. I expect more than <laughs> I expect more than three years out of my phones. For crying mm -hmm. out loud, especially if I buy a flagship phone. Yes. So let the skepticism begin. This is not a you know major U-turn for Apple. This is not a major shift in company policy, according to CNBC. Let's move on to the Forbes article, shall we? Shock Apple U-turn leaves future of iPhone software lockdown unknown. And this one goes into some more details about the actual repair bill and uh, talking about the serialization of parts. Uh, mm. And that is something that has been on the radar of people like Louis Rossman and, and iFixit and whatnot because... Apple has been locking down at the firmware level uh, the ability of consumers and even repair shops to do things like screen replacements, where yeah. you have to have Apple uh, sync hardware to remate a screen or a digitizer mm -hmm. with the mm -hmm. motherboard that you're installing it onto. Uh, there's been a number of times where people are replacing iPad screens and then they'll give it back to a customer and the customer takes their pencil and they can't draw a straight line because the digitizer is no longer 100% in sync. Let me just call BS on this because the digitizer knows exactly where the pencil's at. Let me just say, maybe it's a firmware thing where they say, oh, yeah. this isn't the digitizer that shipped with this. I'm going to just we're bug gonna, out for a while. We're going to, yeah, we're just going to just go ahead and go screwball on you for the fun of it. Yeah. Uh, John Jay uh, at Craft Computing Apple repair is such a joke we used to have 200 plus parts on hand for repairs and they dropped us down to about 30-ish so most repairs would have to go to them that's exactly right and that's exactly what Apple wants because for most iPhone repairs for most laptop repairs for most desktop repairs they don't want you to be able to do it in store and turn the customer around and have the customer be happy they want the customer to go uh, I have to give up my phone for like 4 days so you can replace the screen I'll buy another phone. Yeah. Make the process as painful as possible. Right. So do not believe for a second. Don't do it. Don't do it at all. That Apple is suddenly pro-consumer and pro-right to repair. Nothing could be further from the truth, but they're trying to sell that narrative. And it makes me so incredibly irate that that apple is trying to play this game with consumers and consumers are eating it hand over foot uh they they are eating this up going look at apple you know the benevolent trillion dollar company uh you know cares about whether or not my iphone 14 you know that i yeah. broke you know that i can get a screen replacement for the next three years from the yeah. date it was manufactured even though i didn't buy the iphone 14 at launch i bought it three years later, because it was the only flipping phone that I could afford. But now that it's three years old and I just bought a brand new one, I could no longer buy a screen for it because they only support it for three years, but they sell it for six. Don't. 
believe it. Don't let them get away with it. Continue pushing for legislation over right to repair. Continue making this an open mm -hmm. conversation, both with first and third party components. Make Apple support their freaking hardware. And this doesn't apply to just Apple. Make it make it make sense for Samsung. Push yeah. Microsoft on Surface. Uh, you know, Microsoft claims that, well, the only way we could make the Surface is by, you know, welding the screen and the LCD together yeah, into yeah, one single thing. Mm -hmm. Yet suddenly they can produce the, the Surface Go laptops that are completely modular, including batteries and SSDs and memory and everything else. And they're like, well, why couldn't you do that on the other products? And they're like, oh, we totally could have. We just chose not to because we make a lot more money if we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, wow, that's very telling, isn't it? bring back the headphone jack i i'm over the headphone jack thing i do appreciate the headphone jack uh most of my devices have headphone jacks on them um it's less of a selling point for me it it is kind of like a um i mean i had bluetooth headphones on a plane for five and a half hours and my bluetooth headphones lasted the entire flight yeah. um and really, I mean, never I think a lot of I think a lot of people do like using Bluetooth headsets. I mean, I enjoy them way more. Um, I think it's people that don't really want to change out their stereo system, their car. Maybe they just have like an auxiliary cable to to plug their phone into to listen to their phone in the car. You know, who knows? It, it depends. Yeah. But yeah, it's always handy to have that. Some people don't like it. Some people do. Yeah. Um, I I still have auxiliary on my phone. Or the, the headphone jack. Mm -hmm. um, I only use it like once in a while. I mean, right. honestly. Yeah. 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 There, yeah. There's mine. I have one of one of one of my cars doesn't it has Bluetooth, but doesn't have like it has very old Bluetooth on it. Yeah. And so I, I use the auxiliary cable to plug it into it. Yeah. Um, so that's always nice. Couple more super chats. Uh, slow hardware with World at War servers being back up. Have you jammed some zombies with the boys yet? World at War was a little past my my uh, console gaming days, and I mean no offense yeah. to that. I, I'm just more of like a, a Halo One if I'm gonna get get down with the yeah. boys and 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 frag some some uh, some of my friends. Um, that's where I go. Uh, yeah. You know, or I go, you know, OG Counter Strike or or something like that. Um, nothing against World at War, fantastic zombie game. Uh, oh yeah, who doesn't like a good zombie shooter? Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Although I am excited. Can I just say I downloaded uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption uh, Game of the Year Edition for the Switch? Uh, not via Nintendo's authorized servers. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, simply because it's one of the best zombie games that was ever made. Period. Uh, was the the Undead Nightmare for Red Dead Redemption. Holy crap! What a game. I'm not paying you fifty dollars though for it, Rockstar. I already bought the game twice. So. Yeah. Don't need to get third time. Uh, I'm I'm not paying for it a third time with no enhancements whatsoever. Especially when you right. capped it at thirty yeah. FPS when it could darn well run at sixty on the Switch. You could throttle that higher now, mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, I think it was MVG, Modern Vintage Gamer, did a video of you can run uh, Red Dead Redemption on the Switch at 60 FPS if you have it modded, which mine is modded. So I'm going to make mine run at 60 FPS. Well, I wonder, I also kind of wonder because I, now that you mentioned that, I didn't think about because Yuzu is actually pretty good. Yuzu is the, the kind of the prominent uh, 
the Switch emulator. Mm-hmm. It runs uh, Tears of the Kingdom just fine. Um, all kinds of things like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, and, and they have all kinds of mods for like capping frame rates, higher resolution, mm-hmm. different textures, uh, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I should go look up to see if there's a, you know something they can do for uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Uh, I can confirm Red Dead Redemption runs pretty darn well on Yuzu. So. Hmm. Okay, then. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, actually, uh, so I've been, I was playing Red Dead Redemption on the uh, RPCS3, which is the PlayStation 3 emulator mm-hmm, uh, for a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, did okay, but uh, definitely some very high uh, performance requirements and still only runs at 720p native. You can mm-hmm. bump up the resolution, but you're getting no higher textures or performance or anything like that. Right. It's going to blur things out a little bit. With, there is one thing that I noticed on the Switch version in particular. It just feels a little crisper. Like the tech, Mm. I don't know what difference the textures are. They're not enhanced textures, but they feel a little crisper based on 360 and RPCS3 emulation that I've done in the past. Uh, Speaking completely of emulation on... Yuzu, Ryzen X, and RPCS3, and uh, mm. what is that, Xenia. Um, mm. It feels a little bit better on the Switch side of things. So, and and I, I back that up with, it feels a little better on the Switch itself, too, than it does emulated on, on other systems. So, it's still not a remaster. Don't, don't put words in my mouth, but uh, mm. it does feel a little better. Okay. So I'm not paying $50 for it, though. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Shannon sends over 10 bucks. Thank you very much. Watching from Australia here. With PlayStation Plus increasing in price, how bad do you feel it's going to get with less and less physical disc releases happening? Actually, Australia, you are losing physical media in a lot of different situations. Yeah. Um, and uh, that sucks. That really sucks. Because uh, Australia doesn't have the bandwidth to support, you know, 100% digital media delivery, but uh, a lot of companies now expect, you know, such high profit margins on everything mm-hmm. that they go, well, we're not going to ship the country, we're not going to ship physical media to the country because we only see 80% profit margin on that anyway. It's like for God's sakes, um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I wish I had a good answer for you. I, I wish I could. <sighs> yeah, I don't really know myself because uh, I've stopped buying digital a long time. I mean, stopped buying physical a long time ago because most places don't really offer physical anymore. I right. always thought that eventually you'd go the route of just shipping things on USB sticks, and maybe they do. Yeah. I don't know if they do or, or not anymore. Um, but... Uh, it's it. I don't know. I just it just digital seems to be more handy, more easy. I do back my stuff up because I have like a ton of uh, backup space. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have my complete Steam library backed up, but <laughs> I don't have the complete library. I've got a good chunk I, of it well, though. <laughs> uh, I I don't. I mean, everybody who uh, hangs out on the Discord uh, knows I have a gigantic Steam library. You have a pretty infamous Steam library. Yes, yes. So there's no way I'm backing that stuff up. But um, in my younger days, I was a, a bit of a, a pirate, and I have all my old ISOs backed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have I have like 
my own little personal internet archive of of old games. Yep. Um, I will so. say I I have a. I've, obviously, I've got I've got the hat that I'll I'll put on from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I a lot of my old ISOs come from my own physical media library. Like I, I I've always been about backing up a disc in case you know mm-hmm. i loan it to a friend and that friend yeah. is less than oh, genuine yeah. about returning it mm-hmm. um and uh i did that for so many different things over the years um uh where i still have my original isos for uh like rebel assault 2 and mm-hmm. and monkey island and and like oh yeah that i ripped myself on my windows 95 you know revision cpc uh because mm-hmm. i was so terrified of you know losing that media mm-hmm. um and and back in the day when you only had a couple of gigs of hard drive space you know mm-hmm. uh, i think my windows 95 pc might have had a 1.8 gig hard drive or something like that that was like amazing right uh, <laughs> i'm never gonna fill that thing right up. well I, I remember buying a 10 gig hard drive and then storing copies of some isos that i never wanted to lose like rebel assault rebel mm-hmm. assault came on two cds that's that's 1300 megabytes to yes. back up those two discs, okay? Yes. That's a lot of space, guys. <laughs> it's 10% of a of a 10 gig disc. I don't think anyone understands that in these days. Yeah. That's like backing up Call of Duty on mm-hmm. your 1 terabyte SSD. Yeah. That's how crazy that is, okay? Um So, uh, I did get a question uh from who asked that one michael uh hey did you comment about microsoft dropping the 14-day trial ahead of uh starfield's release um i actually wasn't even aware of this so i looked it up i didn't hear that while we were doing some stuff uh microsoft had a one dollar 14-day game pass trial that they canceled as of this week so people couldn't sign up for a dollar and play play the entirety of starfield starfield Mm. in the 14 day period wow how that's shady kinda, af is that that that's they want you to they want you to get that uh that starfield money mm-hmm. yeah so starfield will be available as a day one release title on game pass and in fact you get five day early access so you could play it as soon as 5 p.m pacific time or, or uh yeah 9 p.m pacific time on uh, or no 5 p.m pacific that's right uh tomorrow yeah. um uh, but now instead of a dollar, it'll cost you ten dollars for a month. You, you can't mm-hmm. do the one dollar fourteen day uh, trial period anymore. Well, I mean, still, ten dollars versus seventy dollars is still a pretty good deal if you want to play Starfield. It I really mean. is. Um, yeah. And and the the one dollar fourteen day trial. Let's face it; has always been a loss leader. I, yeah, I'm not defending Microsoft in the least. Pulling this a week before is is kind of shady, but also totally not shady and totally what I would oh, yeah. do if I was running this business as well. Like, let's yeah, let's be real about it. <laughs> Just because you offer a 14 day trial at one dollar doesn't mean you have to keep that going indefinitely, especially when you're literally going to launch a game that's going to print you a billion dollars in a couple yeah. of weeks. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a lot of people very very excited about this game. Right. First, first IP from Bethesda that's not like a Fallout or an Elder Scrolls. Uh, so people are, it's an original. So it's gonna yeah. be gonna be. And and I heard if there's still a review embargo. There is still a review embargo. I believe the review embargo. embargo ends at the at launch time. 
Yes, uh, time. So, uh, but but there have been like whispers and mentions. They're saying that this is like you know, Bethesda is notorious for all their bugs, and they're saying, well, this one's not that buggy. And like, okay, well, <laughs> maybe maybe because maybe because you gave just a review copies out for a, a smattering of people. Once it goes out to the public, there's going to be uh, 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 huge amounts of. But I don't know. Are they using the Gamebryo engine for this one too? Yes, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's yeah. still Gamebryo. Okay, yeah. and and Gamebryo is what they did with all the other ones, and it's all yeah. That, been that's built, so. it's it's still based on the Fallout Four Elder Scrolls Online based okay. engine, uh, or uh, Fallout seventy six based engine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And uh, and this is all reminiscent. Of, it, it's all an iteration of the same engine that goes all the way back to the uh to Morrowind to Elder Scrolls three. Yeah. yeah. Um. It, it's just new iterations onto it and adding new features. Yeah, Gamebryo. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, it's it's not very buggy for a Bethesda game. That's what they say. Yeah. That's what they say. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for some new IP. I always get hyped for some new IP. Uh, the last new IP that I remember from Bethesda uh, would be uh, Dishonored. Uh, and probably, yeah. gosh, what was the... Uh, Gosh, there was a uh, multiplayer shooter that they came out with. Oh, that's mm. right. It was. It kind of failed pretty quickly. Um, even though people said it was pretty good. Up or no, it wasn't that. I mean, it there was, there uh... was there was Rust. I mean, Rust is also a Bethesda title, but it wasn't that. It was. Uh... Ah, I can see it. It's it's this powder blue background with a guy sliding under the title. In yeah. like these white graffitied letters, like I can see the title screen, um, but uh, it was a pretty fun game. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Starfield. Uh, I'm I'm sure a lot of other people are. Uh, you got your you got your pre-order and everything done, then, huh? I I'm already I, I'm already pre-installed. Um, I, I have I have not but Brink that's what it was Brink, Brink thank you Brink yes that's what they're talking yeah. about Brink yes Brink yeah no Brink was a Bethesda title yeah yeah it was and, and it, I remember playing it when it first came out I was like oh this could be fun and then it kind of just like never took off yep yep published by Bethesda Softworks yeah developer was Splash Damage released on May 10th 2011 oh that feels makes me feel old yeah I know right oh god <laughs> All right, here's my my second obelisk beer. Brink was splash damage, published by Bethesda. Yeah, I did remember by. that much. So they didn't develop it, mm -hmm. but it was published by them. Yeah, um, there aren't a lot of games that I will buy prior to release. Um, yeah, and I've talked about this before. Like um, when I I did go ahead and and buy No Man's Sky. A couple of days before, um, yeah. and and that's typically when I'll pull the trigger on games that like mm -hmm. I need to play on day one. Uh, mm -hmm. it is a couple of days before, so I can pre-install. Um, and so here we are, you know, basically twenty-four hours from launch. I bought it today. I bought it this afternoon and hit pre-install simply because I saw it as an option. Right now at five p.m., I could just fire it up and I can go. Um, you're you're making me want to pre-order it now, Jeff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If it's Rockstar, if it's Bethesda, yeah, those are usually ones that I'll do that for. You know, 
they they I mean okay their record as I mean Fallout 76 was an abysmal launch it I was, was at I was at the launch event launch. for Fallout 76 yes. yes never bought it yeah because yeah. I knew it was an abysmal launch so yeah. you can't rely on Bethesda 100 percent yeah um yeah no I they Rockstar were Rockstar has a, has a better track. I was I was at QuakeCon for the announcement for Fallout seventy six, and uh, I went, boy, this one feels weird. Yeah, like this one feels like a miss, and uh, I I was there in person mm-hmm. enough to go like they're trying to pass out some Kool Aid, and I'm going to respectfully decline. Yeah. Uh, this. We rely on the community for the dialogue of the story. Well, that's a failure from like that. That's a you problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, you're going to find holotapes spread throughout the land, but we want the community to interact and tell a story to each other. That's a no wow. from me, dog. That's, a, that's lazy. Right. <laughs> that's a no from me, dog. Yeah. Uh, there are no NPCs. I... Your fellow community mm-hmm. is your NPCs. Oh, God. It's going to be nothing but dick-shaped settlements. I can see it now. <laughs> um, like, there there are some things you learn to read. Um, yeah. I will say the last game I got burned on was No Man's Sky. Uh, mm. Where even a couple days before launch, there wasn't really anything coming out saying it mm-hmm. wasn't going to be sprawling universe, you know, procedurally generated. Like... Um, procedurally generated once I think we already knew like they procedurally generated the planets and and uh, the code is all there to once you reach that planet it'll go oh yeah the AI says to build this right. uh, and so I, th- I think we all knew that and I was accepting of that like I didn't expect every single playthrough to go like oh no right. it's building me my own personal universe like can you imagine the ultimate roguelite in, in that or roguelike in that scenario? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm there. Um, but I, I was expecting more depth to it because I remember, I remember playing no man's sky on release day. And so I installed it. I I fired it up and I'm like, this feels like a game I'm going to put a thousand hours into. I'm going to take it slow. I'm going to, you know, explore mm-hmm. the planet. I'm going to gather resources. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And uh, you're walking around your first planet. And it's like, okay, you know, mission one, repair your ship. And you're like, okay, yeah, I got this. Thing. And uh, so I know some people who got off planet in like two hours. I didn't get yeah, off planet. It, it does. I didn't get off planet for 13 hours because I was yeah, like. It takes, it takes a few hours to right, get off planet. Yeah. This is really cool. Oh, I want to check yeah. this out. Um, well, Steam release, Steam return periods are, I think, two hours. And mm-hmm. so you have two hours to figure out if you like a game or not. And I played it for 13 hours because I was like, oh, if this is this planet, everything's going to be like that much more insane, that much more diverse, that much more depth. That Like, mm-hmm. what happens when I get into outer space and, and you know, I start meeting these like rogue pirate factions and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get into outer space and you realize there's only two types of space stations and there's, there's never any pirate encounters. And every planet you go to has the same five enemies, the same five bases, the same nine different variants of flora that you already can mm-hmm. identify from a mile away. Um, and it took me 13 hours of gameplay to go like, all right, there's nothing. There's not here. much here. There's not much here. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, 
mile wide but puddle deep. Right, and 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 so it's one of the only games I also submitted for a return request and and asked yeah. for a, uh, a a a second look at like like a, a human approval going like I know I'm past the return period. You guys have got to understand this is not what was advertised, but it takes you ten hours of gameplay to figure to out if it's not advertised. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but. But to their to their boon, they 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 did fix that. It's supposed to be a lot absolutely. better now. It's yes. supposed to look a lot better now. And I kind of I kind of played that really well because I didn't buy No Man's Sky mm-hmm. Day Zero or pre-order it, and it got lambasted. It was just it was just once people realized that it was just really shallow, it got lambasted. People were like like yourself mm-hmm. asking for refunds, um, and then at one point they they discounted it. I think it was I think it. it really quickly got to the point where it was like it was like 15 bucks on steam or something it was just like really cheap yeah and i think i ended up picking it up for like maybe 10 bucks yeah it was like it was still at that point where it wasn't fixed yet and 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 they were they were trying to gain money from it and so it was like 10 15 bucks it was like all right i'll get it for 10 15 bucks that's yeah. cheap yeah and I, I picked it up for that and then now now that it's all back to like a, a really good game I'm like I'm happy I I have purchase. since revisited it. It is genuinely yeah. a good game now. Like yeah. like you can do almost everything that they promised in the trailer. The mm-hmm. problem is the trailer was 4 years ago. And yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, it, it's uh it it's interesting how uh that game has progressed and yeah. become the gold standard of like right. you're not what you are at launch. Um, the same can kind of be said of cyberpunk, uh, you know, of games that have kind of redeemed themselves. Yeah. That's one I haven't played yet either. So, I, I, I didn't buy that one either. Yeah. I, I don't have that one yet. Um, I did buy that one at launch. Mm-hmm. I had no problems whatsoever, but okay. I think that's because I had, you know, a 1080 TI or a, or a 2080 yeah. or a 2070 and, and like could run the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know and when you're running at max settings it it does some stuff to the to the ai where they're not just going to walk back and forth on a crosswalk repeatedly and yeah. and, and not <laughs> you know you're you actually have some diversity within your ai and mm-hmm. was it as polished as a rockstar gta 5 no no well they were they were running high CD Projekt Red was running high off of Witcher 3 success. Yeah. So everybody was expecting gold from them. Um, you know, and a lot of people really, really loving the cyberpunk genre. So they were expecting big things. And uh, I think maybe just their expectations might have been too high. Yeah. 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 Um, but if your expectations weren't a new GTA 5, mm-hmm. uh, not every game is going to be a GTA 5. No. Um, enthralling storytelling uh, in, in Cyberpunk. Um, I've never been a fan of the Witcher series. Uh, I I thought the gameplay was half-assed at best. Um, I, I enjoyed. Okay, I enjoy. I I kind of have a, a, a an affinity to the Witcher series because I saw it literally emerge from from a tiny tiny little concept to you know this big multi game stretch because i saw uh, uh cd project red at e3 mm-hmm. when they were just in the back room piggybacking off of bio you also met with them when we went to pax 
That's right. I did. Yeah, you you and Rhett woke up early and went to the breakfast, and I'm like, no, I need to sleep in. I'm hungover yeah, from that, the, yeah, the, the Lenovo party. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they they because the original Witcher, the very first game, was an actual mod for uh, the Neverwinter Nights. Yeah. Game. It was just they was using the Neverwinter Nights engine. They eventually ripped all that out and made something new. So I I actually really was involved, and I really liked the first game. The second one, I didn't like so much. It was a little too linear for me. It was yeah. just like, oh, here's one section, there's another section, here's another section. It wasn't really open world. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, very linear and kind of, eh, fetch quest, do this, do that. It was okay, but it wasn't great. Uh, but I, I I, haven't really gotten into the third one yet. Yeah. I have it, but I haven't gotten into it. I've I've benchmarked the third one a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I've, I've um, and and when I say benchmarked a game, it it means getting to a point where I find a scenario that is very repeatable as far as performance goes. Right, uh, right. Where I know exactly what to expect, and it's the same result every single time within one or two percent of each other. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, so I I played it to a specific mission where I can play that mission, and I have that save file, and and I can run it through a benchmark if I need. Mm-hmm. Um, even Witcher Three never grabbed me as far as gameplay goes, uh, and and the story for the first, I think, hour and a half was so slow it didn't pull me in yeah. at all. Uh, and and I'm sorry, fans of you know the the young plucky CD Projekt Red Witcher One development and whatnot. That gameplay was shite. Uh, like like <laughs> the 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 swordplay clicking took a while to get used to because that gameplay was shite. It was it was it was shisa as the Germans okay, would say. What what <laughs> you're right. What it was and what I anchored it to because do you remember uh, before like uh, the old golf simulators where you would do the triple click mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. do the swing. You'd click to make your thing swing and you'd click again. It it's, that's... it's the Madden kickoff. Yeah. It's, whoop, they, that's whoop, that's what they incorporated whoop. their swordplay yeah. into the Witcher. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah. You would click, and you get to a point. You click again, and how close you were with your click was how well you swung your sword. And I thought at first when I played this, like, okay, this is different. And then it just got really old yeah. after a while because you were doing it a lot. Playing playing the Witcher one and the Witcher two was like trying to enjoy Skyrim in third person. Yeah, as yeah, is it was isometric. You could, you could. I think no, no, no. It, one, it, was, it was it was clunky animations, and but it was Morrowind level combat mechanics, where it was mm. dice roll on screen with no associated animation correlating to what you're actually me- mechanically what you're doing. Mechanically doing, the game. yeah. yeah. Uh, and it felt disconnected from the inputs versus the output that I was getting. Mm-hmm. It felt clunky. And yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of the combat. I liked the story. Mm-hmm. I got uh, the reason why I ended up liking it and finish it is because I liked the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. The combat was very clunky. And, and once I figured it out, there really wasn't much of a challenge because it was very easy to get, right. you know, major hits and stuff right. like that. As long as you had a good sword, you could, you could, cut through anything really quickly uh lumen says if they put kingdom come deliverance controls into witcher it would be insane fully agreed i freaking loved kingdom come deliverance because they explained exactly what it was that they were trying to do mm-hmm. um uh and and it was actually it and it very much like witcher like like 
it feels so weird to be like, I loved the combat mechanics of Kingdom Come Deliverance, but I hated them in The Witcher. And I think it's because with Kingdom Come, it it checked every box along the way. It was mm. the animations line up with my inputs, line up with my outputs, line up with the uh, the damage dealt on screen versus the damage dealt to my character. If I get hit, it was my fault for not parrying in time. And, right. and in The Witcher, it felt like Morrowind level mechanics, which was literally dice roll and the screen flashes red, even though the other character didn't swing their weapon. Right. Uh, whereas in Kingdom Come, um, they integrated the dice roll into the 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 five you know position and parry mechanics and everything else and and integrated mm-hmm. all that into the ui and the animations themselves um and so i'm a person who never understood the love for the witcher series but loved kingdom come deliverance because mm-hmm. of that integration so nail on the head i i absolutely yeah. love that that's that's another one I have to go back into. I do have Kingdom Come Deliverance. I have it. Did you ever play it? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I, you know how big my back backlog is. I and I I find that okay. The um, funniest thing. I, what are you in son... now? Now th- this is difficult to say with Starfield coming out in a day and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to go back to Kingdom Come. Uh, you okay, need dude, to give that one a I, shot. I I have uh, so I started. Uh, I picked up Hogwarts Legacy, so I'm playing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I'm still trying to finish. I, I I got into Diablo 4. I still have to go back and finish the main quest because I'm like, okay, just like every RPG that I get into, I start going the main quest route. And then after a while, I start doing the side quests. And then I get involved in the side quests. And then the main quest just goes away. And then I'm like, ah, crap, I got to get back to it. Right. I'm just going to go back and do the main quest and finish the main quest. I know I can go back and do Diablo 4 and I can do infinite side quests. So I'm just going to go back and focus on the main quest and finish it. Mm -hmm. So I can go do some other things. I don't want to start meandering. But yes, no, Kingdom Come Deliverance is on there. Witcher 3 is on my list of things I want to do. Yeah. uh, Uh, I I would put Kingdom Come above Witcher 3. I tried Witcher 3 and mm -hmm. while it's better Mm-hmm. It's better than the first two. And I, I, I tried all these legitimately. Like, I tried three, four mm-hmm. hours of gameplay, and I just couldn't get hooked. Um, and I've played all manner of RPG, from mm-hmm. the original Baldur's Gate to to now Baldur's Gate oh. 3, uh, to yeah. Black and White, to... No. Uh, I, I loved all the... Dragon's Baldur's Dogma, uh, Dark Arisen... Uh, I like Planescape Torment. I love Icewind Dale. Yeah, I'm Icewind really Dale. About, I, I, I'm really curious about your take on, on Baldur's Gate 3. Everyone's saying it's the, the great new coming of Dungeons & Dragons RPG. It's... Um, I like the fact that instead... that I'm going to come back to Witcher on this one. Um, <laughs> and, and Morrowind, even. Because the mechanics of Morrowind were a tabletop game put into 3D form. Yes. Uh, where every action was a dice roll, was yeah. rolling a d20 for, uh, did my barter work? Did my intimidation work? Do I have enough skill to jump this high? If I swing yeah. my sword, what's the likelihood of a critical hit? Every aspect of Morrowind is a mm. dice roll. Yeah. Every aspect of the original Witcher is a dice roll. Yeah. Baldur's Gate 
literally just translates tabletop direct into 3D, uh, kind of like, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, where, yes. Yeah. Uh, when you enter a battle, uh, it turns into a tabletop game where you can move yeah. so far, you can do one attack action, you can do one item action, uh, and you you roll the dice depending on what actions you take. And I love Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> right. Knights of the Old Republic and and awesome. so if you like Knights of the Old Republic, you will mm. like uh, Baldur's mm. Gate Three and and yeah, the Baldur's I, Gate I've series. I've seen some videos. It looks, um, it looks fabulous because though. it is it, it it's free explorer, free whatever you want to do. You know, you want to. Mm -hmm. um, try try to bang the bartender like you can totally do that oh, yeah, um yeah. but then when you get into combat it goes all right tabletop game let's let's lay out our hexagon grid mm -hmm. let's let's you've got seven movement uh you know actions mm -hmm. you and and it even decimals them out you know i can move 7.2 meters in in mm -hmm. this move and it's all turn-based and it's all yeah um, See that's that's kind of completely different than the original Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale and right. Planescape Torment. Those were all you can pause the action anytime you want, mm -hmm. issue commands, do whatever you want. But as soon as you unpaused it, action happened. Right. So the turn base, I mean, you could. I think there was an option where you can make it turn base where yeah, uh, if if something happened, you had the opportunity to respond to that. Yeah. But like for the most part, people will just be like, oh, pause, do my action, right? Let it go, pause, do my action. Let no, uh, no, th this is very much like Knights of the Old Republic, where it is, okay. it is entirely like turn-based the whole too. time. Yeah. yeah, I still like that too. Yeah, uh, but but as long as you're honest about what you're doing, and and yeah, like like I said with Witcher, it felt like they were trying to lean into Dungeons and Dragons, but they were also trying to be a real-time RPG, and yeah. they fell somewhere in the middle, and where they fell sucked. <laughs> Okay. So, um, but no, after Starfield, after your playthrough of Starfield, mm. you have to install Kingdom Come, and you have to play through it. I I promise you. I I don't know if I'm gonna get Starfield yet. I'm I'm kind of leaning towards I am, but Steve, I don't know. Steve. <laughs> Come on. I I've I've gotten every every big Bethesda release except. For Fallout 76, I've yep. gotten every single one on opening day except for Fallout 76. Because I was like you. I'm like, uh, this seems a little shady. This one feels weird. Right. <laughs> this one does not feel weird. This right. one does not feel weird. No. But... No, this feels like a Bethesda official launch. This feels like yeah. Fallout 3. This feels like Skyrim. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We do have a, a missed super chat. I think it was a while mm. back. Uh, from Slow Hardware, two dollars New Zealand bucks. Uh, Quake or Doom? Doom. What's your poison to both of you? Doom. Doom. I would say Doom as well. I'm Doom. Um, yeah. Even even when Quake was at the height of its of its multiplayer arena shooter, mm -hmm. I still preferred Unreal Tournament over Quake. Yeah, uh, I agree. Even though even though Quake was the first. Three full three D first person shooter. Right. Uh, I I still I think I still like Doom a little bit more. It, it's it's not that I've never had some some Quake Land parties and and mm -hmm. tournaments. Of course and things we that did too. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know I I've been in some uh, you know sixteen player Quake deathmatch arenas and things like yeah. that where there's literally sixteen PCs running in this room and a dedicated server mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, like I've done that. It's fun. It's a hell of a lot of fun. 
Um, I have better memories of playing Doom 2 peer-to-peer Windows 95 Mm -hmm. with a couple of friends than I do of like camaraderie and Quake. And it's nothing against Quake. Like Quake is a hell of a lot of fun. fun. It was the first fully 3D rendered first-person shooter. Mm -hmm. Um, But it never really did it for me. Uh, I went straight from Doom to uh, Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight. As far okay. as online multiplayer goes, see, I went, I went from Doom to to Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, no, and... but but yeah, you know, you know, because it's it's, I found the multiplayer Duke Nukem 3D just a little more fun, a little more lot of fun. Yeah, had, oh yeah, no, I I did a number of DM3D really uh, yeah. matches as well, um, but uh, uh, Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight, also mm-hmm. fully 3D rendered multiplayer yes. uh, shooter. Uh, so 12 player matches or, or maybe 16 i forget um I don't remember it's been a long time yeah it's uh, been a long time however the cool thing about uh like i know quake has like a well they're still modding it today did you know they're still modding dark forces 2 jedi knight today oh, yeah. as well oh yeah uh, the course. original mod site that that kind of conglomerated around the the dark forces 2 community mm-hmm. masasi.net is still live in its original form with new submissions as of like a month ago um they have total conversion mods for for weapon packs and 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 total conversion gameplay modifications and, mm-hmm. and everything else. They also support um, everything from that. Uh, they support Jedi Outcast and Jedi mm-hmm. Academy and whatnot. But yep. Jedi Academy is great too. Yeah. But that community started around Dark Forces Dark Two Forces Jedi Knight. Yeah. And uh, I remember a modern weapons conversion where it replaced your your Imperial Blaster and Thermal Detonators with grenades in an AK-47. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, and what other game did that back in that day? There were none. There there was no Modern Warfare. There was no World no. War II shooter. There was, there was nothing like that. But here's a fully 3D modeled game that you can go and obliterate people in the Jedi Temple with, you know, mm-hmm. you know, modern day rocket launchers and MP5s. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, no, that that was that was the the same thing with me, except I, it, I mean, I, I remember doing um, Dark Forces 2. Um, that was a lot of fun, too. But but yeah, it was it we went from it went from for me anyway, it went from Doom, especially Doom 2, because of the multiplayer Doom 2 was great. Yeah. Uh, to Duke Nukem 3D and then to Unreal Tournament. Yeah. That was that was my progression. Yep. Um, yeah, was that our last Super Chat? Yeah, yeah. Quaker. That was our last Super Chat, I just wanted yes. to make sure. Uh, Novella says, I'm such a tease with the beer. Well, you know what the nice thing about a bomber is, is you can report it a couple of different yeah, times. Yeah, you got, you got 22 ounces versus the 16 cans. Right. So you get a little more extra right. extra space. Um, and and I have to say, okay, so I didn't really say, because I, I said that the first Northwest IPA one is was pretty standard. Yeah. Whereas the hazy, the hazy? is amazing. Really? It is, it is excellent. Um, it is way up there with like, uh, uh, I'm going to say like, Price knife, maybe Greenfields type of oh, wow. hazy. Very, very good. Definitely. I, I, like I, I was going to say 
Because Fort George makes Christ Knife, and holy yes. crap, that's a really, really good hazy. Yes, this is this is like I would I would take this between like Greenfields and Christ Knife. It's kind of a mix between the two, is what wow. I would kind of categorize. It's really good. Smells wonderful, tastes wonderful, good citrusy notes. Doesn't have that hot burn in the back. Yeah, easy to drink. I mean, yes, I can do I can do sixteen ounces, no problem with this. Yep. Uh, so Rhett chimes in and asks, uh, new glasses, Jeff? Uh, yes, I do have some new glasses, and they are uh, definitely a, uh alternative style of glasses than from what I've worn for well over a decade. Um, I think somewhere around 2010 or 2012, mm-hmm. um, I started going with the Oakley rims, but the, uh, the rimless bottoms. And so they were rimmed on top and then an elastic band on bottom. Mm. And uh, these are my first full rim glasses in probably 15 years, uh, if not a little bit more. Um, so it, and it's amazing what just that change can do to the look of you. So, so here's a pair of my, my older glasses. Yeah. And that's what I look like. And, and, you know, as always, I'm Jeff. I don't know who the hell I am because this just adding that black line, that's a completely yeah. different that's, look. That's that's very similar to my style of glasses. I don't wear my glasses uh, on the stream that often. Yeah. I usually wear my contacts. But um, So interesting story. Out of, uh, gosh, so much travel in August. Um, yeah. I lost my main pair of readers. Uh, so oh, I, I have no. two prescriptions. I have a, a standard prescription. Um that I that I wear all the time. And then I also have a pair of readers for when I'm only gonna be on the PC. And uh, I lost my reading glasses. And uh, um, so I realized this about three days before I left for Nova Scotia. Uh, but I'm like, well, you know, the last time I went and got my prescri- my my eyes examined wasn't that long mm-hmm. ago. Right. I'll just I'll just get my prescription. I'll head down to Lens Crafters, get a new pair of glasses. Yep, whatever. Um, so uh, went down there, uh, told him, hey, lost my glasses, but today is Sunday and I'm leaving Tuesday night, and so I need I need a quick turnaround. Here's my prescription. Do you have something in stock that might that might work? And uh, they went, oh yeah, no, f- find a find a pair of frames you want. Let's see if we have your prescription in stock, which they happened to, uh, including uh, blue light and anti glare uh, on on the glasses. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's perfect. Like I'm in front of a computer. That's kind of what I was going to ask you that's for. That's what anyway. you want. Yeah. You need um, it anyway, yeah. So they had my prescription in stock, but then they go, do you have a newer version of this prescription? This one expired six months ago. Oh, come on, dude. It's like... And I went, <laughs> you're not selling me drugs. I mean... <laughs> For God's sake, it's glasses. Like, yeah. um, now, little bit of a backstory on me. Um, I do have an astigmatism. Uh, it's not terrible. And I've had glasses since about... Since I was around 12 years old. Um, and my prescription's not that insane. Uh, mm. it's, it's, uh, it's a 1.75 and a plus two. Uh, but, uh, around 17 years old, uh, I got the strep virus in my eyes, Eek. which I didn't know was a thing, but apparently can be a thing. Uh, so I went to school one morning, rode my bike to school, uh, junior in high school. 
and uh, was going, wow, I'm really tired this morning because I can barely freaking see. And uh, locked my bike up, went into my zero period chemistry class. That should tell you how tired I was. Uh, and I, and the whole time I'm going, I'm just tired. Like my eyes will wake yeah. up. I'll, yeah. I'll splash them with some water in between periods. I'll be fine, right? Uh, well, I was also the kid who also forgot, always forgot his book. Uh, and uh, so teacher watches me stagger in, sit down at my desk and, uh, and whatnot. And he's like, well, we're going to read today's chapter. Uh, Jeff, why don't you start us off? And And I went, I'm sorry, but I can't. And he goes, what do you mean you can't? Did you forget your book again? Like, freaking hell, Jeff. This is like the third time this week. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And and so I reached under my desk and I'm like, no, I have my book. What I'm telling you is I can't freaking see right now. See, I can't see it, yeah. I cannot see my hand in front of my face. I don't know who's talking to me. I can't read the board. I can't read the clock. I don't know how I got here in the first place, but I made it to class. Mm-hmm. And he goes, do you need to see the nurse? And I said, I think I might. And he goes, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he was nice about it, right? He, he, his, his demeanor changed immediately once yeah, he realized, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. oh, maybe there's something else. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so called the nurse. They called me down to the office. They tried to do an eye test in the office, and and I failed miserably. Yeah. Um, so, th- <laughs> so they're like, we're going to go and call your parents and see if they can come pick you up and get you into the doctor. Um, mm-hmm. Went into the doctor and uh, I went from basically 2020 with a minor correction. Like back then, like it was just like, yep. oh, I might need reading glasses every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. To like, wow, you're legally blind right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and we don't know why, but but you're like 180 over 20 in your left eye and 200 over 20 in your right. Like yeah, that's impressive. Can't even see nothing. I can't see anything. Um, and so they're poking and prodding at my eyes for like six hours. And uh, finally, they they take like a Q-tip and they jam it into the corner of my eye and, and express some fluids and things like that. And the like, most comfortable thing ever, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, you got the strep virus in your eyes. Um, uh-huh. Here's some steroids that you need to apply for the next four weeks plus like this a, a super aggressive amount of antibiotics and, and whatnot. And they're like, and hopefully it doesn't do permanent damage. Strep in your eye. Now, isn't strep throat, isn't that like the, the, the kissing disease? Like you get that. No, oh, strep no, you, is you, the, the swallowing the glass. Throat. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. thinking mono. Yeah. I'm thinking mono. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, strep is the, I feel like I'm swallowing glass. I got that mm-hmm. in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, gave me some super aggressive antibiotics. I had like this steroid gel I had to apply to my eyelid like three times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, still ended up permanently damaging some of the muscle linings in my eyes. And uh, it's not that my eyes are terrible. It's just sometimes they'll get stuck at a certain focus point. And so if you hold your hand up in front of your face and you can focus on your hand, and then you can look past it and focus on the wall in front of you and then come back and focus on your hand again. Sometimes my eyes will be able to focus on my hand and then but not focus on anything else. There. Yeah. Or sometimes they'll get stuck out there and they can't focus in. It's and like your eyeballs are a cheap Chinese webcam. Kind of, yes. Yeah. No, the the autofocus on my eyes sucks. Yeah. Um and uh so 
but my eyes also cannot focus without a significant amount of eye strain. And so I have two prescriptions that I that I have to keep. Yeah. That uh, one of them is for like just daily use, which kind of takes everything and just kind of goes and just pops it into place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ha- also have a prescription that's specifically for reading that keeps my focus close to me so I can read my laptop screen and everything else. And with my glasses, I have 20-20 vision uh, and, and function normally. Um, but without my glasses, sometimes like I'll be driving my truck and, and I could read the speedometer, but I can't read the speed sign in front of me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's weird. It's very hard for your eyes to shift. Yeah. It, shift it, it cannot, yeah. Sh- they cannot shift focus all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, anyway, long story short, uh, lost my reading glasses, uh, cannot find them. And, uh, they said, well, your prescription expired six months ago. And I went, you're not trying to sell me drugs. I just need eyeglasses that I can read with. And they're like, well, because, and I, and I said, I'm not using insurance. I'm paying cash. And they're like, still legally, we cannot fulfill a prescription unless we have a valid prescription and unless it's within expiration. And, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding. Okay. Let me call my provider. So I called my provider. They're closed on Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I had to leave a very angry message with my eye care mm-hmm. provider uh, that said, hey, uh, so I'm trying to get some glasses because I leave like in the afternoon on Tuesday. Um, I have a shop that can make them if you would just update my prescription. That's all I need. Just like say, yeah. yes, I can sell you this. That's all I need. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much. I'd be happy to come in for an appointment next week, but you're not going to fit me into an appointment tomorrow in oh, time to yes, get me a new prescription yeah. so I can blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, so left him a message. Called him back as soon as they opened it at eight in the morning. They go, oh yeah, we got your message. Let me, uh, let me, you know, take a couple of notes down. And what are you trying mm-hmm. to do? And I'm like, I'm just trying to get glasses so I can travel across the continent. That's all I want to do. Yeah. And uh, okay, well, let me pass that along to your doctor and da, 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 da. I think I got all the notes here. I think we're good to go. Um, and, uh, uh, they called me back or no, I got a, uh, a message on, uh, on my healthcare app and I'm, okay, cool. This is probably my updated mm-hmm. prescription. And it said, uh, hi, I'm the assistant for the doctor. We don't just update prescriptions. You need to come <laughs> in for, and I went, did none of what I said get translated just into get, text? Yeah. Nothing goes into their heads. I, yeah. I literally have 36 hours to get a new pair of glasses or I'm going to be blind during the summit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so I had to call back and I talked to like 12 people in Ugh. in the course of two hours of forwarding yeah. and, and like, hi, this is Jeff. Yeah, so here's the, you know what? Can I just talk to Lisa again? <laughs> like <laughs> she knows my story. I don't to have to tell my story for the 18th time. Like, like uh, and, and by yeah. the end of it, it's like, I'm going to be brief. I'm going to be direct. I'm really sorry. This isn't your fault, yeah. but for, fuck, I just need a pair of glasses. Yeah. Um, finally got it passed through and, uh, and said like, I just need you to change the expiration date so they can make my glasses. I have a place mm-hmm. that can do it as long as it's not expired. Yeah. Why is there an expiration date on glasses prescriptions? I know prescriptions can change over change, the years. Yes, your eyes can change. But yes. you're not giving me steroids or but, methamphetamines. Yeah, for yeah. It's not. Loud. It's not like. It's not like. Okay. The, the worst thing that could happen is like your eyesight isn't as great. Mm-hmm. It's like yes, your prescription can change a little bit, and it may shift a little bit. But you know, from year over year, it's not going to change that drastically much. 
So right, it should be totally fine. Just, I just need to extend it a couple days. I just need permission to get some replacements. That's all I need. Yeah. I mean, it was just was it just reading glasses you were getting? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, could, it, I mean, it was guess, my cl- I, it was my closer up distance. Yeah, um, yeah, could have just went to a retirement home and started stealing glasses. I really could have worked. Right, <laughs> You're just like does these work? Yeah, all right. Yeah, so these are Sorry. my new re- these are my new readers. <laughs> Sorry, Walter, um, I'm taking your glasses. Yeah, th- this is typically what I'm what I'm wearing when I'm on camera, mm-hmm. uh, and so. Uh, but no, I again, long story short, um, it's been a long time since I've had full frames, and and it's amazing what just that little. Right. These are not that different. These are still Oakleys. These are still the same shape lenses and everything right. else from my typical glasses. But it's amazing what a difference in my face that makes. Yeah. It kind of changes the whole... It changes everything. Area underneath it, yeah. It is so weird. Well, enough that Rhett recognized it. Right, right. Um... SDA says I got LASIK if you're if you're a good candidate. I'm not because my problem is not with the lens or the cornea or the coating or anything that like that in my eye. It's that my eye physic the muscles around my eye can't cause my eye to change shape in the way that it needs to to be able to focus. Mm-hmm. So it's a muscle problem, not a physical problem with the eye. Uh Novella, how else are they gonna rub your wallet, Jeff? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you mean in the Comcast way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you need new glasses? Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's too bad. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just changed the year in the PDF. There was a moment that that crossed my mind because my prescription was via PDF and all I did was submit it yeah. on a printed sheet of paper, which I totally could have modified in Adobe at just any point like, in time. Yep. yep. Yeah. Easy enough to do. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I've uh, <laughs> I totally considered that, but I also wanted to make sure I was doing it fully legit, even though the steps were completely ridiculous along the way. Um, that being said, I know lens crafters, their, their job is to make glasses same day. Yep. And in fact, in my lifetime, they used to advertise, get your glasses inside of an hour. Yeah, an hour, yeah. In about an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Uh, like, I know that's their job. I know that's their company. I still want to give a shout out to Jasmine and my local lens crafters because holy crap, they, um, when I walked in on day two and and gave them my updated prescription, they're like, oh, you got the updated prescription. That's all. Like, I didn't even talk to this person yesterday, but they know who I am. They know mm-hmm. I'm walking in. They know that we're going to rush order this. Uh, Jasmine gave me an extra discount that they really didn't have to give because I was paying oh, cash nice. and not insurance. And, uh, and she's like, I feel terrible that you lost a pair of glasses while traveling and, and everything else. And we, we want to be able to help you. If you can get us the prescription information, we can totally do this. Um, I walked in with it and she turned around and goes, this guy goes to the top of your list and gave it to the lab mm-hmm. and goes like, no, we're getting this within an hour. And, yeah. uh, I gave him the updated prescription. I think at like 1040 and I got a call at 1120 that your prescription is ready. So nice, nice and fast again, lens crafters giant company didn't have to care about me the person at Mm -hmm. all i didn't walk in as craft computing jeff i just walked in as oh this asshole (laughs) exactly what are they gonna know you're gonna throw some 
Craft right. Computing Club at a but, Lens Crafters. But holy crap, the, the Lens Crafters in, in Salem, they totally went above and beyond, like making sure I got taken care of and making sure I had glasses for my flight. So right. thank you. Like, totally thank you. Uh, uh, you know who we shouldn't be thanking? The FCC. Yes, <laughs> I was gonna say we gotta move on with some stories. We only got fifteen minutes. Wow, it's seven four. <laughs> Holy, how did it get to seven forty-five? Yeah. Did we, we spend we, the last we can, forty-five minutes on Starfield? We were, yeah, we were rambling. Man. Okay, okay. <laughs> Today's video is brought to you by Fremont Beer, thirteen point five percent B bomb. Keeps you going. Keeps you going. <laughs> Ride the Yeti. <laughs> Uh, FCC. This is an update to a story that we uh, that I th mm -hmm. believe John and I talked about two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, where the FCC, uh, a lot of broadbands. Uh, so your Comcasts, your Coxes, your Verizons were gone. Mm -hmm. Do we really have to define all of the taxes and fees that we're charging? Can't we just like round them up and go like F you pay us the twenty dollars on yeah. top of our normal service fees? Um. The FCC said, no, suck it up, write them down, and then pay them where they need to go, you grubby little mother... Um, FCC says too bad <laughs> to uh, ISPs complaining that listing it. every fee they have to charge is just too hard. Uh, Man, come on, these are all these are all generated reports. Right. Uh, you have to... Okay, yeah, you, have to, you gotta pay somebody to some, change some crystal report somewhere something like that it's not that hard i mean honestly there, there's probably gonna be some development time for their processes but honestly what it's it's gonna take like two weeks to make those changes not that hard yeah uh the thing is they're already doing this that this wasn't a case of like uh like, hey, you need us to change our billing practices and 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 start defining everything well, that we. It was they're, they're, no, you have to still define what each individual tax and fee means. They're probably still tracking it. They're just like writing a report to the bill that gives to the customer to say, mm -hmm. oh, here's all the fees slapped together. Boom, there it is. Yeah. Um. And now they're just forcing them to develop the report. To, oh, no, you got to spit them all out. Yeah. They got them stored somewhere in a database somewhere. Yeah. Everybody's got that. Oh, I'm going to say database. Maybe uh, an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> I don't know. So but. so Lumen says, I was hoping the FCC would clap back at them for asking for zero transparency on their bills. Actually, they did a little bit. Um, so the FCC rejected the order uh, asking for, like, can't we just charge, like, a bulk, like, processing and taxes and government and whatever else fees that we charge. And they said, no, we affirm our requirements that providers display all monthly fees with respect to broadband service on the label to provide consumers with clear and accurate information about the cost of their broadband service. Thus, we decline providers request that they not disclose those fees or that they are instead display an up to price for certain fees they choose to pass through on to consumers. Moreover, Let's scroll down a little bit, shall we? <laughs> FCC pointedly says ISPs can simplify their pricing if they choose to do so. Maybe right. not make it so freaking complex and complicated. Mm -hmm. um, all of the Comcasts and Dish Networks of the world and Direct TVs. I've had problems with all of these organizations over the years. Uh, 
charging random service fees and and then like oh no you get 30% off for the first six months and then if you get a kicker from months three to six you also get an additional 10% but then those yeah. both cancel out and then we get you into the new rate which is based on the previous six months allocation of the data that you right. use but it's like they've got a whole flow chart it's literally like an MLM payout scheme, but inside of a broadband bill. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also disagree that clear disclosure of the fees has the potential to cause significant confusion for consumers and add unnecessary complexity for providers due to the huge variety and quantity of fees on broadband providers. Providers must itemize the fees on consumer bills, and we see no reason why consumers cannot assess the fees at the point of sale any less than they can when they receive a bill. Wow. What a thought. Providers are free, of course, to not pass these fees through to consumers to differentiate their pricing and simplify their label uh, display if they believe it will make their service more attractive to consumers and ensure that consumers are not surprised by unexpected charges and fees. That means stop charging only $90 for broadband and then $120 after services and fees and taxes. Right. Why not just exactly. advertise your broadband as $120 and be done with it? Yeah. Oop. Nope. Maybe Don't no bait that. and switch to the consumer might be beneficial to the consumer understanding what the bloody hell you're trying to charge. Um, so yeah, no. Uh, if you read legalese, this was kind of a scathing letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quit gouging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just charge what it is supposed to be charged mm -hmm. and get done with it. Further, we are not persuaded that it will be burdensome for ISPs to itemize on, on the labels uh, the fees that they opt to pass on to consumers above the monthly price, particularly since providers acknowledge being able to describe such fees to a consumer over the phone and on a consumer's bill once the consumer subscribes to the service. So if you have to explain it, you have to itemize it out for yourself anyway so you can explain to customers why the bill is as it reads. We also find it uh, we also find that any such burdens are far outweighed by the beliefs to consumers when they are shopping for service. ISPs could alternatively roll out such discretionary fees into the monthly base price, thereby eliminating the need to itemize them yeah. on the label anyway. Just, just make them one... Stop uh, advertising fee. lower than you can actually yeah. charge Same. and just this charge consumers what, what they should be paying yep. in the end. Done! One flat price. <laughs> yep. You have de facto monopolies anyway. Why are you trying to fool us? Yeah, exactly. Who, where are they going to go? Most places only have like one or two ISPs. One broadband provider. That's it. That's yeah. all I have in my area. We Well, we have two now, uh, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I have yet to like threaten my current one with uh, <laughs> moving to the other one because I haven't really heard great things. It's X Xfinity. Um, I, I haven't heard that they're any better than my current provider. So I guess I could like threaten them with like, Hey, give me a good deal. Or are I, I bounce. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have that power because I have Comcast yeah. or I have CenturyLink DSL. Yeah. Those are my two providers. CenturyLink is even worse. <laughs> which I, which I don't put into the definition of broadband because right. well neither does the fcc right yep yeah i'm just taking a look at my current bill and it has one it has my flat rate and then it has one internet infrastructure fee whatever that means 
Yep. They they might be they might be rolling up all the fees up into one like this generic fee. Infrastructure fee. But I mean to be fair, if the fee's only like ten bucks and whatever. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, Comcast cable. Yeah, I, I've never had to deal with any of those guys. I've heard nightmares about Comcast. Yep. Uh, Can confirm. Nightmares about Century. Um, I've heard nightmares about Century, but I haven't had to deal with any of those guys. So, yeah, I kind of count myself lucky. So, uh, so let me let me clarify. I I really have three broadband providers that I can choose from. Only two of which are broadband by the FCC's definition. Mm -hmm. uh, Hundred meg and and uh, and ten up. Uh, so I can get up to 40 megabit DSL from CenturyLink, which is 40 mm. down, one up. Yeah. Which won't work for me for no, pretty obvious reasons. Yeah, reasons yeah. Um, I have Comcast, which offers gig down and 35 up. They used to offer me 50 up, which I paid extra for. And then they mm. stopped offering 50 up, but still charged me for the 50 up. Uh, even though they dropped it to 35. And so I said, well, drop me down to the regular price. And so they took $20 off my bill finally, but I still paid for the extra upload for a mm. number of months. Uh, without, even though you didn't get it. Even though I yeah. didn't get it. Even though yeah. symmetrical doxis is totally a thing that they should be rolling out mm -hmm. right now to get yeah. me like 300 up on a gig down. If they wanted to, yeah. If they just freaking turned it on, which they don't. Um, yeah. Um, I also, so I have Comcast here. I also have, uh, Starlink. And the reason I have Starlink is not because I'm uppity or I think Elon Musk is the savior of all. No, I freaking hate Elon Musk. Um, but I do have an RV and so I do have the Starlink RV plan so I can mm -hmm. take by my RV and not have to rely on campground Wi-Fi. In fact, right, twice now. Which is notoriously terrible. Right. Which twice now I've ran... Talking Head streams off of Starlink. Yeah. Um, now, the reason I have Starlink is because it serves as a fantastic alternative to Comcast if Comcast ever goes down. Uh, sorry, no, three times I've ran uh, Talking Heads off of Starlink. And the idea being was that I make a, a decent amount of money whenever I do a live stream. Uh, upwards of like $200 per stream uh, is about what I mean, just full transparency, what I make between either sponsor spots or uh, super chats or whatever else. Mm -hmm. um, $200 per stream. If I save myself two live streams per year, I've paid for my Starlink connection. Yeah, there you go. So I have Starlink. Guess what? Last year, I used it twice uh, in, in lieu of Comcast when Comcast was down on a Wednesday night. And once I broadcasted live from a campsite off battery power. Yeah. Uh, and that <laughs> was freaking cool. Actually. That's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> um, so that's yeah, why I wilderness, have Wilderness streamer. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and in fact, I was going to talk to Rhett about uh, maybe we wrap up uh, summer in Oregon with like, let's find like some remote, remote place in Oregon yeah. where I can get on top of a mountainside and bring a battery pack and we'll do mm. a two hour live show from like an hour out of town. Um, and like, let, let's go up to like the top of Silver Falls and broadcast live. Like that would actually, be a I hell think, of a lot of fun. I, I think Silver Falls actually has pretty good cell data already. You they have do have cell data, but yeah. getting the upload and getting the consistency because cellular probably, yeah, is it, not it, it as probably, consistent. Not, not great. No, it's not right. as consistent. You're correct. Yeah. 
<laughs> and Zeus says, make that 205 for the stream. Yeah, my man. Actually, it's uh, $31.86 plus $200 for the Linode spot. So I'm at $231 for this stream. Nice. Got it. Boom. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, Steve's beer brought to you by Zeus. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's got me. So yeah, no, I have two ISPs that I do pay for each and every month. Uh, one of them simply as a backup because I can't rely entirely on on the former, but the backup also gives me the ability to like go out and about and maybe do live streams from where I wouldn't normally be. Uh, right. You know, I um, one of the live streams that I did just a couple of months ago, I did while on vacation at a campsite, and it's like, where else can you do that? I think where would be a good place you can go like out in the middle of nowhere that would be like a fun place to stream from because i know yeah yeah summer falls would be pretty cool what if what if um, we went down to uh uh the willamette paddle boat oh that might be okay like live streamed from the dock or something <laughs> is it uh yeah we can oh what would be you know, even even with uh, um, I'm trying to think another good place. Well, there's there's a lot of good places in Eastern Oregon, but that's a little too far to drive. Yeah. Um, Bend is still well covered. You could get some good internet. Bend is Bend well is covered, and they have enough yeah. like tap houses and things like that. Yeah. Like, I wanted to go yeah. to Bend. Um. So, uh, no, I could totally go, like canyon city or baker city or it's like, like yeah baker city way be, out yeah. there that's that's way out there though I yeah mean, that's 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 like four hours hour, from nothing five hour drive yeah that's a that's a long way away uh novella says tillamook tillamook might be interesting Til tillamook is i love the problem the problem with tillamook is it sneezes if someone flushes the toilet twice yeah it's tillamook is <laughs> it's and tillamook's not i wouldn't call tillamook picturesque um uh, so so those who don't know Oregon probably have heard of Tillamook simply because of Tillamook Farms and, and Tillamook cheese, Dairy yeah. and cheese and ice cream and things yes. like that. The problem is you have to have enough cows to make a farm and a dairy yeah. work. And so Tillamook is kind of a wonderful place to drive through. They've got a couple of really good bars there. They've got a couple yeah. of really good restaurants. But holy crap. Anywhere within like a 15 mile it radius of Tillamook smells. is not the most pleasant place to be. It, it just it just smells. You yeah. can smell the cow farms miles away from that place. Would Starlink um, work on a light aircraft? Not the version of the dish that I have. So Starlink does have a roaming dish, which is a flat mountain dish uh, that can receive from multiple angles, but it doesn't necessarily have uh, the same speed capabilities as the standard dish that can triangulate with wherever mm. the satellites are, are coming from and it's more made for vehicles not planes or boats or anything like that yeah you know it'd be kind of i mean it's a little more northern california than oregon but like if you do a live stream from like the redwoods that would be pretty cool gold beach rogue river gold beach yeah there you go that'd be fun that would be that would be fun hell yeah yeah, there's a lot of places on the coast that are just oh oh uh, like um, not Cannon Miami Beach, Beach but Cannon well Cannon Beach no even further south um, Bannon oh ba uh, yeah 
Uh, go, all those different, all those rock permissions. Go, go hit the dunes cool. on the golf course right there. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be cool too. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you see the head lighthouse, like, yep. like a, there's no, there's not even cell phone coverage there. No, there like, isn't. Yeah. <laughs> That was that one was completely blank. For yeah, me. yeah. Go go on like Florence and and whatnot. No, there there's plenty of areas to go around here that are like within yeah. two hours that are like picturesque. Oh like, yeah, completely. Yeah. So, no, uh, there's definitely a lot of possibilities, and uh, um, I've actually I actually need to get out and do one of those. Um, so there's a company that sent me over a battery pack and solar panel for a review. Um, mm. I've written most of the review, but I didn't get any B-roll or any like real world use cases for the review um, because it just didn't work out timing wise. Uh, mm. So I, I did go camping. I took I took this battery pack with me and set up some solar yeah. panels and whatnot. And I was like, oh, cool. Like it's- We'll it's, see how it works out. Yeah, It's powering our Starlink dish and it's basically free. Um, but then it's like, I ended up having to go home during during that time and right. didn't get to use it for the purpose that I so wanted. So it didn't quite work out. Yeah. Right. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, even like, um, I think four of the last 12 Talking Heads have been on remote, have been like yes. remote shoots. Like it's been a weird couple of months um, <laughs> around That's here. why this is so odd. Cause like, oh, this is normal. Right. This doesn't feel right. Yeah. Why is this so easy and normal? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh Anyway, one of the shows, even from my office, was supposed to be Lakeside. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was trying to make that happen, and it just didn't work. Um, uh, just because of, of, of some some personal things that popped up. Um, but, uh, no, I, I totally want to get out and do, like, a no electricity, no cell service live show. Right. And, and broadcast with Starlink and a laptop and, and a camera and a battery pack. Mm -hmm. And yeah. go like, no, we're freaking doing this. Yeah. Um. So next week, next week we're gonna try to work out. Next week is episode three hundred of Talking Heads. Right. A mom a momentous occasion. Yes. An anniversary. Yes. We're gonna finally try and make it to only the Stadium. second tap house, uh, that we've made it to in my local area since the show started. Yeah. Uh, episode nine. I believe was the last time we made it to a local tap house. And that mm -hmm. was uh barrel and keg, which unfortunately closed two months ago. Oh, barrel and keg closed. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was super, super bummed when I saw that. Uh, yeah, they, they closed. So barrel and keg was a fantastic uh, tap house, bottle shop, winery, and also had a parking lot where like a dozen different food trucks would come during the week. Yeah. And so you could get phenomenal tacos and Thai food and, and, and all kinds of stuff. And then go in and have a couple of like really good, yeah. good pints. Yeah. They usually had good stuff on tap. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, no, they ended up closing shop just a couple of months ago. Mm, that's um, yeah. Uh, but uh, that was the last local place that we've done a remote live show at. Um, and, uh, I've been trying so hard to be able to get into Sani Am, which is another local brewery, mm -hmm. uh, which all of us love. Yes. We, we've talked about Pirate Stout several times. We have uh, booked the location twice. Twice. And, we, and twice got canceled. Had to call canceled. them the day before yeah. and went, nah, sorry, it's not gonna work Sorry, out. it happened. Yeah. Um, so the last time we tried to do it, I believe was episode 150 and we're like, yeah, we're back. We're, we're totally like post COVID yeah. era. 
and then like i think somebody got sick or something like that yeah no it wasn't even someone got sick it was that everyone around us got sick like all of a sudden the hospital filled up within like a week and we're like we can't do this yeah we can't do like this this is not okay right now um but we're gonna try to book sanium brewing there uh they have a a meeting room a uh like um with a giant glass window like a giant glass wall with a full view of their brewery behind brewery you can see all the kilns and stuff like that it's a beautiful room uh we're gonna try to go there next week for episode 300 and Mm -hmm. we're gonna try to have all four of us all hands on deck do a show maybe talk about the history talking heads maybe talk about some Mm news stories who knows um but uh we're gonna try to do that next week and then i think maybe at the end of the month we will try to do a uh uh, a, a live show somewhere remote as summer is ending here in Oregon. Yeah, uh, it's getting it's actually cooled down quite a bit because we had quite the heat wave, and then this last couple of days we've had rain and overcast and yeah. I mean, not that I'm complaining. I I, I like the little respite of uh, a cool weather. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, Will chimes in with uh, 250 in euro money. That's like 252 in US money. So thank you yeah, very much. Um, uh, using 5G, 5G as my main internet for two months, 250 down, 25 up. That's definitely not shabby. That's not too um, bad. My problem with 5G internet actually comes down to latency, where you'll you'll suffer about 10 times the latency as a wired connection. And it's nothing mm-hmm. against it if that's your option, because it totally yeah. works. Um, but... Uh, for incremental file handoff or or synchronization or things like that, latency is a huge huge issue barrier yeah. to speed and actual throughput and bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know it works great where um, like uh, it, it's kind of like hard drives. If you're sequentially writing a hard drive, some newer hard drives are as fast as as early generation SSDs, where you can sustain writes of like 400 megabit per second. Yeah. And, and you can read at uh, like 300 or 400 megabit per second. Um, but then try to open that one Word document from three months ago that is fragmented yeah, across like, two different sectors. <laughs> it's a <laughs> whole thing. taking so long? Right. Um, so yeah, no, I've, I've actually used 5G for a number of things. Um, on my phone, my phone service is Google Fi and it's basically unlimited. So we have 12 gigs of guaranteed uh, high speed service, mm-hmm. but then as long as you're in a low service area, they never turn you off from high speed. Right. And we're in a low service area, and so I've used 30 gigs in a month before, and uh, and I've never been transferred to the low speed tier, you know, till the end of your billing right. cycle or something like that. So whenever I travel, my phone is always not on Wi-Fi, uh, yeah. simply because yeah, that's mine an, too. Mine either. It, yeah. it, it's an extra security measure because. I don't have to trust the local access point. I just have to trust my mobile network. And I'd rather yeah. trust Google Fi than right. I would Starbucks or Tim Hortons. Some, some random uh, Wi-Fi right. connection. You know, right, you know. or, or internet Wi-Fi or, you know, airport Wi-Fi or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so my mm-hmm. phone is always on on mobile data and uh, and it's worked great. Um, you know, I, I've done, you know, video conferences over, over you know, tethered cell phone connections before and, and, and it works fine. But you do notice a thing when you try to 
actually sling data from one thing to another. Right. It, yeah, you do too much. It bottles up quick. Outside of op, yeah, yeah. It, it does crash it a little bit. Takes the performance down. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we have two very quick beer stories to get to. Yeah. Uh, Western Mass News uh, says uh, this beer festival is unlike any other in the country because this beer festival takes place inside of a corn maze. Yeah. Can you imagine just from the someone who has worked and still sometimes works in the live events field? Yeah. Can you imagine getting regulatory clearance to hold a beer festival in a corn maze? I know that that's that's the part that kind of cracked me up about this article because it's like I mean you can see from the picture okay corn maze the 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 passageways are not that complex there's some interjoining passageways right so they're not that hard to get around and I think uh, that's probably how they got approval for it is that's probably what it is because if they ate it, made it any more complex it is after after somebody gets a little inebriated, they're going to just be lost. In the you, of so, no so I've seen some corn mazes and, yeah. and, and as someone who works, let me just state in the haunted house industry. Okay. Um, so someone who's been involved in the haunted house industry for almost 20 years, who, who has dealt with everything from corn mazes mm. to, to haunted houses, to public events, to getting permits for this and carny style of food and deep fryers and, like everything that goes into an event like this, um, these are some of the straightest lines I've ever seen cut in a cornfield. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have like, you know, Depot 1, Depot 2, Depot 3, and Depot 4. And then you have, oh, we'll go to Tent A, Tent B, Tent B, Tent A. Tent, like there's nothing but straight lines in here yeah. with single in, single out passageway. Yeah. Um, that's the only way they got approval for this. Yeah, that's <laughs> if they made it too complex, people would get way too lost. But it's still a pretty neat concept. Right, I kind of like this idea. There's one intersection that I can see, or two intersections. Yes. There's one right there's here, and there's yes. another up here that are go like go to tents one, two, or four, or go to tents two, four, or seven. Yeah, and and that's it. Other than that, it's uh. A to B kind of destination. Right. It's not just why complex. this is okay. Yeah, this is why this is okay. I, I kind of would like a more complex corn maze. That would be kind of fun. That would be kind of fun. I can see why insurance purposes and certain reasons why they can't do that. You're never going to get that. You're never um, going to get approved for that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> one little known fact about me is I've been the manager of a, t of a haunted house in the area. Uh, one of the most popular haunted houses in the state of Oregon for almost 20 years now. Mm -hmm. um, I have been managing the haunt in some capacity since 2005. So this is my 18th year going into. Um, I will be managing this haunted house uh, this next month. Um, I used to do Disneyland style photos at this haunted house where we would take your picture inside and then I'd sell you your photo outside. And it went from print to digital where it's like, hey, yep. pay me five bucks and I'll email it to you now. Um, we were the one of the first haunted houses to offer animated GIFs of your experience inside the haunted house where we had an infrared camera that would capture like 12 frames of you getting scared at like five frames per second. It was <laughs> awesome. And I'd send you an animated GIF of you getting the life scared out of you. Um, 
And then transitioned from that into actual haunt manager and, and kind of general manager of the attraction uh, in, uh, in the last decade or so. And uh, so this is Milburn's Haunted Manor. It is out of Hubbard, Oregon, and it is yep. like 30 miles from anything except from yeah. Steve. Well, or John. John actually kind of lives closer. Yeah, John even lives even closer. Um, but yeah, it, it is in Hubbard, Oregon. I, I manage this every single weekend in October. Uh, we are uh, one of the highest rated haunted houses in the country. We are in the top 50 haunted houses in the country and consistently mm. the first or second rated haunted house in the state of Oregon. Mm. Um, I look at this and I see all of the problems and all of the logistics and everything that went into this. And I understand why there's only one pathway that leads from one tap house to another within the cornfield and that's because of fire marshals uh they they don't like events like this they don't like enclosed spaces where it's hard to get in and out of they don't like flammable enclosed spaces yes with lots of people congregated in open areas inside of them yeah uh, ah, Jif just lost 10 points for respect of our host. Um, oh, you mean what they called the original dancing baby things back in 1996 that I was yeah, present for? Yeah, we, we've had this thing about Jif and Gif. I still think it's Gif. Even though the original guy says it's Jif, uh, everybody, the popular nomenclature is I'm GIF. I'm really surprised you say Gif because Gif came way later than Jif did. No, no, I'm not saying it didn't. I'm just saying that that just seems to be what everybody's saying it is now. I mean, if language evolves, if, you, if you're you going to take go, the 5545 of everyone says GIF, then you're part of the problem. <laughs> well, I mean, there's people that don't speak proper old English anymore for a reason. Right. Because things evolve. I mean, yes, maybe it was originally GIF, but you could cling on to that too. You can also answer your phone with ahoy hoy if you want to as well. No one's going to discount you for that. Hello. Ahoy hoy. <laughs> Who are you looking for? Well, I'm trying to call three. Well, this is seven. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, his name is Jeff, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I've always known it as Jeff. It will ever be Jeff because that's the word that I learned. And and if you create something, don't you get naming rights to it? Like, for God's sakes. You do, but that the, the, the thing was at the time when the gif gif was created uh it was all in print print people were talking back and forth right. with bbs's and right. texting right no one was over you there was no youtube there was no video there was no talking really right so it was up to interpretation but, of the person who was reading it but when i hear when everyone that i know says gif and then See, I, I had the opposite experience. Everybody I knew said gift. Which is why you think you're right and why I think I'm right. Yeah, It's yeah, because yeah. regional differences uh, of, of dialect and interpretation and reading yeah. and pronunciation led us to believe that was correct. But then when the creator comes out and says, no, 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 I wanted it to be Jeff, it solidifies one side of that argument. Well, where okay, okay, but, but if it you, doesn't matter because the whole zeitgeist of everything... If you create over. Microsoft and people start calling it Microsoft, wouldn't you be a little bent out of shape? Well, no, but no one, but there was never an argument between Microsoft and Microsoft. Right, because Bill Gates named it Microsoft, and yeah, and you all accepted, and you all accepted it as Microsoft. Yeah, but but if you all called it Microsoft, and Bill Gates says no, my company name is actually Microsoft, you okay. would adjust. 
if everybody said Microsoft for like the first 10 years of its existence, and then all of a sudden, 10 years later, Bill Gates comes and says, no, it's actually Microsoft, people are still going to call it Microsoft. It There's a really small matter. population who will not respect the the naming scheme of it and go like, no, I heard it as Microsoft in 1979. I'm not going to change <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. But... Again, everyone I, that I knew that had seen an animated GIF pop up on screen goes, "Hey, have you seen the new Dancing Baby GIF?" And you're then the, you're the Abe, you're the Abe Simpsons. We called it GIF at the time, and that was the fashion at the time. That was the fashion at the time, right? No, I and I totally am. But and you can call me right, and you can call me wrong. Oh, you mean Mikrotic? Um, right. I've actually talked to Mikrotic. I've asked them how they say it. Guess how they say Mikrotic. it? It's Mikrotic. <laughs> it's not microtic. It's not microtic. It's it's not it's microtic. That's how they pronounce it. So that's how oh. I pronounce it. Guess what? When the when the owner of the name GIF says I pronounce it GIF, I'm gonna pronounce it GIF. When Bill Gates says it's Microsoft, I'm gonna say Microsoft. I'm not calling it Tim Apple. Well, but there, there's okay. Microsoft is also a a corporation that's built around it i don't he, care you he, naming he, rights he are all the released, same he long released the 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 resort the uh the rights for the gif yeah so he's like it's open source now. technically gif is an acronym and has no official pronunciation that is that is partially yeah. correct graphics, so the people inter, say graphics yeah. you know graphical interface yeah. you're totally wrong because nasa should be nasa uh yeah. and, and and whatnot like by that definition um you're right. The pronunciation of an acronym has no official rules inside of the English language, but the creator of an of an of a word of a name of a nomenclature still gets mm-hmm. to name that thing. I'm gonna lean on the original creator said GIF, and so should you, out of respect <laughs> for what was created. I don't know. Out of respect to the population, I'm gonna go with GIF. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> If this were like 70 years from now and the creator were long dead, you would yeah. have a leg to stand on. He's still alive. I know he's still alive. I don't know if it really maddens him. He probably doesn't care, to be honest. Right. I don't know. It would be interesting to ask him. Be like, hey, does does the mispronouncing of, of the format you created bother you? Do you, do you know, say Linux or Debian? No, I say Linux. What, what do you say for the other? Debian. Debian. Uh, Debian. Debian. You know why? Debian. It's named after Deb and Ian who created the distro. Deb and Ian, Debian, Debian. Yeah. Debian. Debian. Yeah. So Debian. if you say yeah. Debian, you're wrong because the original creators said, no, this is how we, we pronounce it. Yeah, but people still know what you're talking about. So is that okay though? Yeah. I mean, if well, you're in front I, of them, if, I, if, I, if you were repeating their word back to them, are you, are, if, wait, if, if I'm are, if if I'm speaking German and I say, oh yeah, no, I I grew up and 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 learned that you know Scheißekopf inside of Wolfenstein yeah. meant this word, and they went, it's pronounced Scheißekopf. And are are you are you trying to make some kind of then am I gonna say where then am I gonna to, like, say oh no around here we say your words this way is that okay? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's, I there's argue also, it's not. There's also there's also different ways that people pronounce things in different regions of places. Ubuntu people. Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Yes. Yes, I know the African tribe for which it was named. Yeah. You yeah. can say it Ubuntu or Ubuntu or Ubuntu. There, there, there are some some leeways in that. Um, 
I'm thinking that as long as people know what you're talking about, that should be okay. I mean, it should be, but also, don't you get naming rights over your own thing? He still named it what he wanted. Just people pronounce it differently. Different people do. No one's, no one's if, calling if it someone crap. started my started calling my channel Craft Computing, I'd be furious. Okay, <laughs> I wouldn't mind if it was called Crepes Computing. Crepe Computing. We could like have crepes instead of here we eat crepes. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> I love a good crepe. A crepe's um, great, man. But you know, if if someone started calling my channel Craft Computing. Yeah. That's not what I named it. That's not well, what I intended everyone's, it to everyone's, be. No, I understand that. But everyone's still, the popular thing is like, okay, it's craft computing. People know what it is. No, People know how to pronounce that. Yeah. The GIF and GIF, it was an anomalous thing. It could go either way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like since there was no real official pronunciation at the time, people went one way or the other. So just kind of what the popular way went. Yeah. Yeah. You get naming rights, you don't get pronunciation rights. You're arguing way into the semantics and you're still <laughs> totally wrong. Naming rights include pronunciation rights. Unless you're a hundred years dead and that has become the common. I feel like that might be something that happens in the future where GIF is going to triumph over GIF. But at the time, the dude is still alive. This is only 15 years old. Why the hell is this an argument? Well, because he's probably realized it's going to be fighting an uphill battle and he just doesn't care. He probably doesn't. and He probably doesn't. Right. Yeah. I don't know how he got from Beer Festival Maze to how to pronounce GIF and GIF. <laughs> yeah. Potatoes. Yeah. I love that people are trying to misconstrue the G and the J. You realize Jeff is still Jeff, no matter if it's spelled with a J or well, a G. Freaking yeah, right. Yeah, there's two different ways of spelling. Like, it's still and it's the same. still pronounced with a J, right? Yeah. Like that is the worst yeah. argument you could possibly make in this. Yeah. Okay, Jeff spelled with a G. Oh, really? You're yeah. gonna go that far? Well, then it's still fucking Jeff. Okay. Well, I, mean, I get. I got my. I mean, because you know, I'm. I go by Steve, which is pretty, you know, normal. Okay, Steve. My, my, my no, no. My real name is Steve. Then Stephen. Right. There's S T E V E N, and there's also S T E P H E N. Right. Yeah, and I'm S T E F E N. But it's still it's Stephen. still yeah. They're still pronounced the same way. Different spellings pronounced the same way. It doesn't really matter. Okay. But at the end of the day, don't you have just don't you have jurisdiction over exactly the pronunciation you want? Uh, I mean, my last name is bizarre, uh, and I'm not going to say my last name on on screen. Right, right. I have heard every mispronunciation of my oh, name yeah. possible. Oh yeah, and my name is very phonetic. Uh, yeah. my my name has a very specific pronunciation, and I'm sorry if you spell my if you say my name incorrectly, which everyone did in the last week or so. Yeah. You're wrong. There's no other way to say it. I don't care if you read it and you go, oh, that's just the way I pronounce it. You're saying my freaking name wrong, okay? But at what point do you correct them? I mean, there's there's obviously a time where, yes, it could get agitating and you correct it. And then like there's other times where it's like, oh, I'll let that slide, you know. There's different times for different situations. Depends on the situation. You know, my yeah. high school graduation when it was mispronounced. Well, yeah, so I'm you, not going to grab the probably, mic and go, it's yeah. freaking Jeff, okay? Yeah. Uh, oh, right, guys. Right. Um, 
you, you just learn to accept it for for what it is. But at the yeah. same time, you can guarantee my daughters and my son know how to say their last name. And well, of course, yeah, yeah. So you still own some some ownership. You still have some ownership over the way you pronounce it, even though the public pronunciation may be incorrect. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you also just get people who are more, you know, I guess would say phonetically knowledgeable about how things are pronounced, you know? Yeah. Some people just aren't. Just, you know. Uh, in fairness, they come from Nova Scotia. They pronounce things different. No, my name is weird. Um, uh, my name in American doesn't make sense because you pronounce every single letter in the name differently. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you have to take each individual character and pronounce that letter. Whereas in English, like, okay, are these two letters silent? And then you say the rest, or is this one silent? And then you do this. No, each individual letter, it's six characters. It's three syllables. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jeff's last name is computing. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, hard to pronounce but computing. you know, do I, do I correct every single person who pronounces my name wrong? No, no, it'd be, it'd be maddening. After it'd, a while. it'd be maddening. And there's really no point, but you can yeah. guarantee that my kids say my name, right? Oh, of course. And they say their name, right? Wait, are you Japanese? Uh, no, Nordic. Uh, is what I will say. Uh, so, um, yeah, just like Jeff's <laughs> wife, just like Jeff's wife's name is producer. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't have a wife. I have the producer. The producer. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we have been talking about this for way too freaking long. For way too long. <laughs> it's pronounced Jif, and this has been episode two hundred ninety nine of Talking Heads. <laughs> And Steve, if you if you miscorrect me right now, I will cut you off, and uh, you know I what? swear to God, you know, we'll never have fine. you back. It's fine. I don't care at this point. <laughs> Jeff IKEA Computing—that's actually way closer than you might imagine. <laughs> anyway, this has been episode two hundred ninety-nine. Mm -hmm. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night, or in podcast form, or over on Anchor.fm, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Join us every every Wednesday night at six p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer. And tech news. Uh, Steve, you have anything good of the order? Any, like, hops and brews projects coming up? Um, uh, well, you know, not really. Well, I think I think we're probably going to do some more reviews. Uh, I think John just dropped the pickle pie one, which was... I, <laughs> I don't know if you watched that one. I, I didn't watch the pickle pie one. Okay. Uh, I heard there was a fantastic glass used in that video. Uh, yes, there was. There was. Um, I, I can also say I know there's a barrel-aged beer coming up that yes. we're all going to be part of. Yes, that's there's one that we're going to be part of. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Um, but uh, as far as I know, that pickle that pickled pie beer, if Johnny has another uh, can, mm -hmm. that might be the one pickled beer that you might actually like, because it's not very pickle forward. There's not much pickle in there at all. Doubt. I was I was really surprised at how subdued it was. Like more like a salty aftertaste. <laughs> but. Skull says in our mod chat, Jeff's last name sounds like a bookcase from last season's Ikea catalog that didn't sell well. <laughs> you can add an umlaut over any of umlaut the three vowels and you're, dev and, and you're bang on. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of pisses me off, but you're right. But it's true. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So anyway, it was such a super cool week over in Nova Scotia, in Mm -hmm. Sydney, Nova Scotia, Canada, uh, at the 45 Drives uh, main campus. Um, I've got a video coming out about it probably tomorrow evening. I'm still trying to finish up some finer points of it, finish my script of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't do any two camera pieces at 45 Drives because I just kind of wanted to just be there. Uh, yeah. I, I found I don't make the best engaging on presence videos. What I do best at is collecting my thoughts and shooting a video later. And yeah. so you're going to get in like an entirely voiceover video from this, but I feel it's going to more encapsulate the overall experience. Uh, and yeah. so I'm hoping that that translates through. It's been a long time since I've done a voiceover only video. There's there's a couple of them on my channel, but uh, hopefully it's, uh, you get everything you need out of it. Um, and uh, should be fun. Anyway, got a lot of really cool videos coming up on the channel. Uh, we're gonna be reviewing the 1X Player 1X Fly. Um, I've got a short throw 4K laser projector coming up on the channel Ooh, probably next week uh that yeah. should be a lot of fun um i've got a new board from latte panda and another one from zima uh coming up here shortly <laughs> not, not the drink zima not but... the drink zima the <laughs> the the single board computer zima yes there it is uh-huh. i have one of them right, right there. there uh uh-huh. so zima sent me a, a care package with with their new thing that i'm gonna put together in, into something plus we're gonna keep moving forward with the uh the proxmox true nas kind of single like home lab server build with the eight bay nas that should be a lot of fun a lot of mm-hmm. cool stuff coming up on the channel hope you will all join me for that anyway This has been episode 299. Thank you all again so much for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you next week. Next week, 300. Cheers, everyone. Yes. See you guys. Hopefully live from a brewery. Hopefully.